By the time you hear this podcast, you won't care too much for traveling to La La Land. City of stars, are you shining just for me? City of stars, there's so much that I can't see. Who knows? I felt it from the first embrace I shared with you. to our episode for this particular episode or our topic for this episode or whatever <laughs> you understand what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so welcome to, by the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with another episode. We took last week off. Um, cause we had things. Well, I had things. I don't know about Ben, but I had, I had some, things. Yeah. It was last week was rough. Yeah. <laughs> last week was rough. <laughs> So, um, we didn't do an episode, but we had planned to do another one in the near future. So here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to everyone listening to our previous 28 episodes. So this Ooh. is number 29. And, uh, of course, if you are, uh, listening to this for the first time, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are wondering what this is that you are listening to well too late to turn back um how'd you find us <laughs> well interesting how you found us yeah you know we would want to know that even though you know you you can't really avoid us Mm-mm. uh we are on Podomatic. we are on itunes we're on tune in radio we're on Castbox. we're on google play we're on um what am i missing the satchel podcast mm-hmm. player i think he- I think that's all. I think that's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can't avoid us. Yeah, we're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, you can 
find us uh, well at our website by the time you hear this dot com with mm-hmm. the proper spelling of the word you. <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook by at facebook dot com slash by the time you hear this with the same correct spelling. But uh, if you want to follow us on social media right now, we just have an Instagram mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's by the time you hear this with the letter U because mm-hmm. we're upstanding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is the same spelling for our email. By the time you hear this at gmail.com. If you want to contact us with questions, topic ideas, if you're an independent artist and you want us to play your music and to talk about it, I would say make fun of it, but we'll just say, talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> will be as um is it objective we won't be biased <laughs> yeah okay we we'll like be, this We're, yeah, we, we won't be biased there we go yeah we won't yeah yeah we'll, we'll leave it at that i think that's why i haven't like asked any of my friends like do you have that that are musicians like do you mm-hmm. have any music we could play it on our podcast because then that would be that might be considered biased mm-hmm. and, we and then what if i don't like it we can't be like the <laughs> fake news greg we can't no we can't <laughs> be fake news mm-hmm. Well, fake, fake news. Well, fake news is the way that it's being used. It's just like anything, any news that I don't like basically is fake. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, anything, but I could also say anything and not have any proof of it. And people might take me at my word (laughs) if I'm the right kind of person and have enough money. Orange face, fake hair. Yeah. Yeah, go get some fake uh, spray on tan and a toupee and uh, believe everything you say. <laughs> in the middle of someone um, like one of the most important positions in your cabinet and you're tweeting about a TV show you don't run anymore. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Like you got other things to worry about, all right? <laughs> or other you? things to worry about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,. As we are known to do, let's get into our our first segment here with some music news and notes. Uh, Well, let's start with some new music that came out. Um, The last time we did an episode, had we did we talk about Future's album that came out? I don't know because I I can't remember if it'd come out by by then yet. So if not, then he has done he has released two albums since our last episode, (laughs) 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 which is which is just crazy. Okay, we're good. Okay, so uh, he's released two albums, one entitled Future, one mm-hmm. entitled Hendrix. Uh, the Very one odd spelling of Hendrix too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was probably for legal reasons. Probably, yeah. For style and for legal reasons, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't think a lot of people call him Future Hendrix. Like that—that's his nickname for himself. He's oh, like the Jimi Hendrix. No, ah, I didn't know. See, I didn't know that. Now I'm mad. I'm mad. <laughs> Jimmy Hendrix of okay. Yeah, man, he's rapping left-handed and upside down. No, <laughs> nothing he's doing hasn't been done before. I like you, Future, sometimes, but you're you're not Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix was visionary, but I'm not going to get into that. That's that that that's a topic right there. I ain't got time for that. All right, is this is this in the well, never mind. I was going to say, is this in the same vein of Beyonce, but perhaps not? No, no. Okay. Beyonce well. has talent. <laughs> no, no offense to future fans. <clears throat> I think that's offense to future fans. <laughs> I just I didn't want to say it to him. I believe he has a, he has a, there's a nickname for his fan base too. I think it's the future hive. I was going to say lean head. But <laughs> 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 oh God. 
if they are really on that much lean, that joke went over their head. So it's yeah. cool. Okay. They won't come after me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, he's released two albums yeah. uh, in the past couple of weeks. We also have new music from the Nickelback of EDM, the Chainsmokers. <laughs> I'm starting and to they think have they a song are. with have a song with Coldplay in which you called it or you've read it as being called what? On the Reddit, they said that this was the whitest thing they'd ever seen. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is on our pop hedge. Shout out. Um, yeah, <laughs> like it. I don't want to hear it. That's what they said. They don't want to hear it. This is the whitest thing they've ever seen. Um, I like Coldplay. I like the Chainsmokers, but Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, like everything they write is sounding the same. Like mm. everything. It's just like, I try not to hear it now. Like at this rate, they're going to owe more money to, to Frey. Because <laughs> everything just sounds alike. So it's just like, I'm just waiting. Just waiting. Um, there's also, so I didn't list, I don't, I think it was on last week's uh, New Music Friday. There's a new song with Calvin Harris, Frank Ocean, mm-hmm. and Migos. Yeah, I didn't listen to it, but I, I saw it advertised. Yeah. Which might be, you know, well, you know what? Never mind. No, Calvin I, Harris I, is, you know, he's branching out. You know, I, I wouldn't do that to Migos, <laughs> to saying that the, the white people have adopted them. <laughs> I, I think it's know. getting there, though. We'll see. I haven't heard anyone, you know, well, my office is really black, so never mind. Because I, I haven't, <laughs> you know, walked around like drop top and people finishing for me. So we'll see. Um, they, they, they finished though. Cause my office is very black. So that's why I'm up on the Migos, so to speak. Have people been enunciating? It's, it's not raindrop. It's range drop. Good Lord. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know because that it's much. about the, like the Range Rover, which is oh. a convertible, I think, which would make more sense. Mm-hmm. Otherwise the raindrop does not make any sense range at all. Drop. Okay. That, that, mm, okay. I think I've seen those. Are they the ones like their two door or whatever? I don't know. I'm not into cars like that. A, a drop top Range Rover. That seems so weird and pointless. But maybe they, do they exist? That's... Or maybe they want it to exist and, mm. or they have something custom. I don't know. Hashtag concept car. I've just seen memes on Instagram to where it's actually range drop. Like, all right, grammar police. We're getting technical. It's <laughs> um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, we have a new single from Lord, mm. uh, which from some, uh, some publications say it's surprisingly upbeat. That's interesting. Okay. I, I mean, I've been waiting for something from her. Um, she kind of had a lot to live up to. Not saying that like that album was huge, but it was high, a highly respected album. Kind of like Lionel Del Rey had a lot to live up to. Lord has a lot to live up to. Well, yeah. Um, I think with her, her, um, her style, mm-hmm. uh, it may have seemed like she went away because that was like four years ago. If you think about it, it's been a minute. <clears throat> so it was just time, time mm-hmm. for some new stuff. So she has, uh, she has that coming out. Uh, Ed Sheeran's album is out, even though I feel like I've heard every song. That's, that's but part even of the course if those race. songs were on the previous album, I still feel like I've heard every song. <laughs> no, uh, that's, that's part for the course now. I mean, you release a lot before. Um, I think I read, and I meant to bring this up in our show meeting. Um, he is breaking, he broke a record for most streams in a day or something like that, or like initial streams. I can't remember. Um, I mean, is that going to become the norm now? Like if you're a big enough artist and you promote yourself, um, when everything drops, like you break a record, I don't know. Uh, let's see if we can find what the, if there was any records. Okay. So his, um, According to Digital Spy, 
Um, yeah, the high now boasts the highest number of first day streams for an album. 50 over six or 56.7 million streams just on Friday, March 3rd. Jeez. Breaking the record previously <laughs> held by the weekend Starboy, which was at 29 million. So Jeez. he almost doubled it up. Well, he's got the power of Britain. He's got, <laughs> he's got America and he's got Britain. Yeah, here it goes. Ed breaks. Yeah, that's crazy, you know? And he now has the record for most one day streams with 10 over 10 million plays of Shape of You. Um, which was earlier, which I guess was on March 3rd and it broke its own record of 7.9 million, wow. which was when it was first released. So, um, now he is Spotify's most streamed artist over the course of a single day. Oh, uh, that is upsetting. Okay. Yeah, um, the course cool. of a single day. Well, not, not, not that he ha he's the most streamed artist over the course of a single day. Uh, his catalog streamed over 68 million times, mm -hmm. but Ben just showed me an article in which it says Ed Sheeran is now the king of pop. <laughs> I need to, I guess I need to check out this for this you, album. You know, you know how we talked about before to where you don't compare certain artists to others. Like there's a certain group of artists that you don't compare anybody to, mm -hmm. to where you can't say you're the Beatles of this. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that no, is, I feel you. I agree. It's a little weird. That's a slippery slope. I mean, yeah. that may be us being old men, but still it's stuck in our ways. But no, I mean, like, but come on now, three, three albums in, you know, the first one relatively unknown. The first album had one hit. Um, the second one was a little bit bigger. Um, and now the third one is a little bit bigger. So, I mean, is he getting bigger? Yes. Is it a little early to call him the king of pop? Yeah, a little bit. It's a little early. I mean, Show me, you know, I don't know, like two successful albums. Yeah, that's that's good. Show me, show me a string of albums. Show me women and children passing out at your concerts. Well, some people may counter that with play a little devil's advocate here a little bit. When was Michael Jackson getting the King of Pop moniker? Around the when around time of history, I would say dangerous. Okay, dangerous. That was that would be his. Well, his fourth, uh, well, off the wall wasn't his debut, but that mm -hmm. was like his breakout, right? Yeah. So if you count that as the first one, mm -hmm. then Dangerous is the fourth one. Mm -hmm. So this is Ed Sheeran's third one. Like, do, should we like wait for another album before we start doing that, or should he just have the number of the number of hits? Mm -hmm. He hasn't. He he's not there. And granted, I know this is a different time and age. So I don't expect I, I'm not going to judge him based on album sales because that's not fair <laughs> in this day of downloading and streaming and everything. That's just not fair. Um, but I can compare singles. I can compare, you know, number of number one, number of number one singles um, and then just influence. Like, and I mean, maybe I don't know enough about Ed Sheeran, but like, what are your live shows like? What is it like when you travel around the world? Are people are people crying and passing out and, and you know, it's going in general going ape shit for you? I don't know if they are for Ed Sheeran. I don't think they are. They might be. Well, maybe not because they have their phone, so mm -hmm. they don't want to drop their phone, like mm -hmm. pass out and drop their phone or have it get stolen. And then not to mention, um, is Ed Sheeran a household name? So beyond people like us who actually pay attention to pop music, um, does their mama's cousin's uncle who doesn't listen to Ed Sheeran be like, oh, that's a new Ed Sheeran. 
Whereas like big back in the day, oh yeah, that's that Michael Jackson. Like everyone knew the reach was just a lot bigger. So that's that's my counter. I mean, if anything, I think Justin Timberlake should be really, really more so. That, like Justin Timberlake's a household name. Everyone knows Justin Timberlake. It's kind of like um, there was an article a couple of months ago um, talking about Super Bowl halftime acts. I know that's something that we've talked about a lot on mm-hmm. here. But there's a um, they were naming like the top ten performances. And the the one that had um, Aerosmith and Britney Spears and NSYNC was mm-hmm. like number two. I was like, that's one of the worst ones I've ever seen. It was like a, it was like music threw up. Like it was just, it was. Too oh, and much. Nelly was there too. So yeah, we can't forget about him. But that was one of the worst ones I've seen, just because it was. It was all over the place. It was just lame. Yeah. It was. It was haphazard. Yeah, I think I pronounced that word right. No, you did, <laughs> and that's what it was. It was just it was way too much going on at one time. Yeah, um, and uh, I think I was listening to um, the right time with Bill Jones, and when he like uh, he and Shannon were going through the list, he's like, "Oh, that list was made by somebody younger than twenty three years old." <laughs> <laughs> oh well, where were um, so Bruce Springsteen, The Who? Rolling Stones and Tom Petty, where do they rank? Because if they were like not there, then they probably were. Yeah, young under twenty three. I think number one, number one, they had Michael Jackson. Okay. Number three was Prince, and I think they had U two like number four or five. I don't know if the Who or the Rolling Stones (laughs) or Tom Petty were anywhere in the top. What about the Who? Who? The Who? (laughs) Who? (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, that that sounds. Oh God, yeah, that 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 show was so yeah yeah. I still remember it too. Like when she had on the silver pants with like with like a sock on her hand, like it, on her arm. It looked awful, man. That was embarrassing. Um. Well, another another thing we're, we're thinking about that. There are a lot of people on my timeline during the Super Bowl that didn't like Lady Gaga's performance. Really? They're like, oh, this is whack. I was like, I wonder what you were expecting. What is? <laughs> Did they expect the Red Hot Chili Peppers I, and Bruno Mars? To like pop out? I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure what they were expecting. Like, but I just took it as okay. If you are, if you didn't listen to Lady Gaga to begin with, then you probably didn't enjoy the show. Then yeah. Then you know, you aren't part of her fan base or mm-hmm. or anyone that would be interested by her. Um, I thought I thought it was a good show. Uh, they, I mean, were they the people who signed the Migos? <laughs> Possibly, one of they may the may the people who who were the Migos petitioners. There's well, yeah. not 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 all of them, but was there a lack of maybe bad and bougie? Like maybe if she did a cover <laughs> of Bad and Bougie, oh, uh, this show just got better. Like, like no, um, that's funny. so yeah. I think I don't know if I mentioned this like when um like the NFL Network. I know I talked about it with the NFL Network. They were talking about. Uh, Michael Jackson's halftime show. Mm-hmm. There was another segment where they did one about Prince's halftime show, mm-hmm. and they're like, "We found out, you know, the morning of that it's going to rain, and we were worried, and so we called Prince, and we were like, Prince, we we think it's going to rain tonight, and he just said, okay, can you make it rain harder? <laughs> like it was something that they could do. <laughs> so." Uh, <laughs> So he totally embraced the whole thing, and um, 
I think like the the rain part makes it makes his show like mm-hmm. the the greatest. And it was purple. Yeah, the, a, sky, the sky was purple. The guitar was purple. On. It was, and then he threw it off. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a very like like he just I don't know, but that's what you get when you get a performer. Yeah, I think people for, like somebody who like like the only other thing I'd rather do besides be in the studio is perform. <laughs> like that's. That's what he loves to do. Like he he just plays all the time. So it's like for him, it's like yeah, this is just another Sunday, man. Like this just if we weren't here, we'd be in New York. If we weren't here, we'd be in like Los. We'd be somewhere playing at a club. Like this is just what we do. So yeah, that's what you get. All right. Um, we have uh, we have a uh, another uh, well, I guess an appearance from Iggy Azalea. She has she has a new song. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was her new song with? I, I know she, she was giving up. Feature. <laughs> I, I just thought she. I, had. Yeah, you know, it, it, America may have actually given up on Iggy Azalea, but um, oh wait, that's the. But all it takes is the right hook, you know, and America will welcome you back into their hearts. <laughs> uh, Iggy Azalea with Lil Uzi Vert. <laughs> hey, you know. Street Does he girl. just say yeah through the whole song? <laughs> Wait, he's the one that just says yeah mm-hmm, all the time, right? Mm-hmm. All right, what? Look, young people, y'all can have him. I, I don't, I don't get it. I swear, I saw him at IHOP the other day. <laughs> I walked in, so that was Lil Uzi Vert. Wait, did he have blue dreads or were they red? They were red. Okay, that's Lil Yachty. Oh God, <laughs> I don't even know anymore. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, young people, you can have them. <laughs> Take them. Um, so yeah, Iggy Azalea is still around. Um, we also have new music from Academy Award winner Jennifer Hudson. Mm, okay. Well, uh, we have a new song from Cheryl Crow. I'll uh, check that out on my own time. A we have a new song from uh, uh, Leah Michelle. From Glee. So she's really trying to turn this into a singing. Okay, I've heard well, her stuff. Yeah, I mean, she was Broadway actress, mm-hmm. got a sitcom. Mm-hmm. She had a sitcom? Well, no, when she was on Glee. Oh, okay, I thought she got another one. Because <laughs> she was in Spring Awakening, and that was a that was a mm-hmm. big thing. And then she got Glee. And they kind of had that storyline on Glee. Yeah. Like to where seasons, she was right? funny girl, and then she auditioned for a sitcom. I think it was kind of... Kind of, kind of, sort of mirroring what was really going on. Um, new music from Michelle Branch, and it's good. It's good. Uh, her last album came out in two thousand three. <laughs> so, uh, well, you yeah. know what? This is funny though. Um, although she was not to compare her to how you know as big as Adele, but she basically did Adele. Like she took a lot of time off and came back, and I mean, she's found a way to kind of sound relevant. So, like. This will be interesting. This is what Adele is about to do. Like, she's going to, you know, maybe she'll get the itch and do something in between time, but she's going to take time off to raise her kids. And when she comes back, will the world still like Adele? Are there, I, it's going to be, well, like how I said with 25, mm-hmm. this, a lot of the success came from people who were hungry for Adele because mm-hmm. it had been four years. When it's been 10 years? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be pandemonium, man. Oh my god. Breaking down record stores. She could burp for four minutes and it's gonna be a hit. I think that's how thirsty people will be for her. <laughs> she just looks like she would burp. 
<laughs> like having to drink it some to drink it some whiskey just number one hit um and we also have new music from I didn't know this guy was still around James Blunt yeah he is he is he's still around and apparently his Twitter game is strong <laughs> like, like he be going in on people so yeah um so yeah that's all for the I guess the notable and there's a new Coldplay song too aside from the one they did with Chainsmokers Okay. There's a, they have another new single, so maybe they're coming out with a new album, and um, that's all that's worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, and Bush, I, they're still around too. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, other music news. Uh, well, I guess um, it probably would have been something probably would better to talk about on the last episode because it already started, I think. But the TV show Sun Records. Mm-hmm. Which is about um, the record label which produced uh, uh, Elvis Presley Mm -hmm. and Jerry Lee Lewis and uh, early Ike Turner stuff. That was Sam Phillips, right? Sam Phillips. Uh, Sam Phillips is being played by, I believe, Chad Michael Murray, who you may remember from One Tree Hill. Is he he old enough? (laughs) Or is Um, this a young Sam Phillips? I guess this is young Sam Phillips, but I mean, he may be like, how old is Chad Michael Murray in real life? He's 35, okay. even though he looks 17 still. <laughs> like he's, he was so small. And Sam Phillips started Sun Records. Um, well, I mean, he probably started it when he was young. So. He started when he was 29. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, we have yeah uh, early days of Elvis Presley and Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, Billy Gardell. Who, who anyone who watched uh, Mike and Molly, um, which featured Academy Award nominee. Um, why am I blanking on her name right now? <laughs> on what show is this? On oh, Mike and Molly? Yeah, I didn't watch that show, so I wouldn't know. Um, Melissa McCarthy. Okay. Oh yeah, she didn't come <laughs> from that show. Yeah. Uh, so he was he was Mike on that show, and he is playing Colonel Tom. Ooh, okay. And uh, I guess someone will be playing Jimmy Swaggart as well. Who's playing Elvis? Elvis is being played by Drake Milligan. No clue who that is. Um, this may be his. Let's see who is Drake Milligan because people probably will get familiar if he's going to be a little bit of the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks so young. Hold on, is this? Um, I think he was in that movie. Um, one of the, uh, you know, um, with Shailene Woodley. Jeez, what can I think of that? Convergent or Divergent? Or am I thinking of the wrong person? Yeah, this is not who I'm thinking of. Never mind. Nope, never mind. Not even close. He just looks like yeah. He's a kid. He's playing a young Elvis too. Hey, yeah, Drake Milligan uh, was in a movie called a short called Nobody, in which he played Elvis Presley, and it's about Elvis Presley in high school and the talent show that changed everything. So this is his first TV series. Okay. Um, and really kind of his debut role. He looks just like him. I mean, it's, yeah. It's kind of creepy how it's much a, he looks like a young Elvis. Very good job with casting him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they've had two episodes air so far. 
So um, you can catch that, and it's on CNT. I was going to ask, where can I find this? Okay, is that a Viacom station? Because um, if so, I ain't watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's on Viacom, you're kind of you might be screwed. Uh, yes, uh, yes it is. All right, then I'm not watching it. <laughs> Maybe I'll catch it on Hulu. If, well, no, because they pulled out of Hulu too. So never mind. Viacom is just giving everyone the finger. <laughs> <They're just> like... <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah. That shit will be seen by nobody. I feel for that guy. <laughs> so, um, the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Um, Songwriters Hall of Fame has some new inductees. Mm-hmm. Now, to give you a little history on the Songwriters Hall of Fame, it was founded in 1969 by Johnny Mercer, who is uh, a bit of a legend here in our state. I know the name. Songwriter, I I radio should, host, I believe. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I should, I should know more about him. Well, more of a, more of a songwriter, singer, songwriter. Yeah. Um, he's from Savannah. Mm. Uh, he founded the Songwriters Hall of Fame, and along with Abe Oldman and Howie Richmond, honor those whose work represents a spectrum of the most beloved songs in the world's popular music songbook. And uh, it was only existed online until 2017. <laughs> until an actual physical museum was put up in the Grammy Museum in LA. And um lots of people have been inducted. This year's inductees are Babyface. Oh yeah. Barry Gordy. Made me very happy. <laughs> James Panko, Robert Lamb, and Peter Cetera from Chicago. Max Martin, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, and the first rapper to ever be inducted, Jay Z. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you think of, of Jay Z's induction as far as uh, being the first rapper to be inducted? Well, I mean, we talked about it. I get it. You know, he's a big enough name to open doors. I would have gone maybe with Nas because I do think Nas is a better writer, but maybe they're looking at overall contributions as far as you know success, and then just like you know the success the success of your music. I mean, obviously, Jay-Z has been more successful than Nas, whereas, you know, Nas has gotten more artistic credit for his work. And Jay-Z has gotten artistic credit, just not to the level of a Nas, like, you know, and so like the critical acclaim, critical acclaim. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, People respect Jay-Z, but people really respect Nas um, and and view him as a more important rapper than Jay-Z. But if you take. If you take the artistic integrity, the critical acclaim, and the success, and you mix all together, you get Jay Z, which is why I think they might have gone with him. Well, uh, in that regard, what about someone like Eminem? Do you I, think he'll be inducted like fairly soon? I think soon? he will, but I think there might have been too much backlash if you put Eminem in first. The first rapper is a white, white guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's, I mean, if you talk to any real hip hop fan, I mean, he's a top 10, top five rapper of all time. I mean, the guy's good. Um, which remind me to talk to you about what I something I think about him later. But he's very good. So, but I just think, I mean, like they're not. Whoops, that fell. My bad. I think they're they're not stupid. They get the backlash they'd get if you make the first rapper into the Songwriters <laughs> Hall of Fame a white guy, even though he's totally deserving. Um, maybe hasn't been around as long as Jay Z, but both are equally deserving. Both have you know a ton of success. Eminem a little bit less. Which I think is like, you know, kind of self-inflicted. He kind of took himself out of the spotlight, really. Um, and then, of course, we came back with relapse and recovery. But really kind of just took himself back a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, I think they're, 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 they're aware of what would happen <laughs> if they did that. All right. Um, so, uh, a very good class, um, last year to give you a little bit of comparison last year was, um, Rogers and Edwards from chic, hmm. uh, chip Taylor, Elvis Costello, Marvin Gaye and Tom Petty. Nice. I'm, I'm really happy that Max Martin's getting in. Um, like really, really happy that he's getting in and Babyface. Um, I'm very happy both of those are, are getting in. Um, yeah, I, I words can't. Yeah, I know we've done the show on Babyface. We have not done a show on Max Martin yet. Um, and if we did, you'd understand why I feel this way because I'm a Max <laughs> Martin fanboy. So yeah. All right. Um, I need to start building a list because I think I started doing with um, with William Orbit instead. That's uh, that's an interesting list. <laughs> William William Orbit's all over the place, but Max Martin. I'm gonna yeah. yeah. We're, we'll have a Max Martin episode soon. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. What else do we have here? Uh, Danger Mouse is working on a retro covers album, which is the unofficial soundtrack to the TV show Man in the High Castle. Uh, this soundtrack includes uh, some very well-known names. He has Beck, Nora Jones, The Shins, Sharon Von Etten, Van Etten, Karen O, uh, Granddaddy, Khalees, and MGMT. I haven't heard from them in a while. MGMT. Huh. Okay, okay. Um, just to give you an idea uh, of, uh, of the covers, uh, looks like Beck is doing a cover of Can't Help Falling in Love. I think that's the Elvis song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been covered a lot, but yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh, Khalees is doing "Who's Loving You." Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nora Jones is doing "Unchained Melody." I don't like that song. I know a lot of people <laughs> love that song. I just I don't. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. They're, they're on the, I'm looking at the list, like the songs that I know of, but I'm not particularly, uh, I don't know the artist necessarily, but I know some of the, I know the song and then some, I know who the artist is, but I'm not aware of the song. Yeah. I'm surprised so, they're not going with more original music for this show because this show is about alternate history. And there's a, I mean, I would assume in this alternate history, none of these songs exist. Well, they're covering songs from the early 60s. The show is set during the early 60s. But so they're doing alternate covers of the songs. Fair enough. If it's alternate history. Fair enough. So um, it's on the the LP titled Resistance Radio, the Man in the High Castle album. And the show takes place 17 years after the Allied powers lost World War II, mm-hmm. with Eastern America ruled by the Greater Nazi Reich and the West by the Japanese Pacific States. It's so it's such a weird show. It's very good, but it's like, and I was hoping you would read the um, the the description. And in the middle, there's a neutral zone <laughs> where just nothing happens, like near the Rockies. Um, it's almost like anything goes in the neutral zone. It's such a weird show, but it's really good. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the, um, do you remember there was a movie called, uh, the Confederate States of America? Yes. Yeah. That was that, see that show was a little bit more set. Well, that movie was a little bit more satire. 
Yeah. This is more. This is serious. Like a very serious drama. I love the Confederate States of America. That's it's it's funny to me. Then it gets serious. <laughs> you start to be like, oh, it ain't all smiles. Like mm-hmm. it's pretty serious. Yeah. So um, yeah, Danger Mouse is doing the soundtrack there for that. Um. Well, there's some, you know, we're coming up on the spring and the summer, so there are tours mm-hmm. and festivals coming up. So one that, that it interests me, and I, I consider going, I know Ben may consider going, but uh, Hall & Oates is going on tour this summer uh, with Tears for Fears. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Kendra would go to that. Like, she is obsessed with Hall & Oates. Like, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so... They will, in our area, they are going to be at the Infinite Energy Center, formerly known as the Arena in Gwinnett, in June. And uh, on their website, they have their tours, their tour dates listed. They're starting in May and going through July. So where's the first night? I'm just curious. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hmm. People still play in Tulsa. That's, that's good. Good for them. I play somewhere. It's either Tulsa or Oklahoma City most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> just don't get Oklahoma. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know you're from Oklahoma, so I'm just saying those are the two play yeah. those are two cities they would go to. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't play the Lawton Municipal <laughs> Municipal Auditorium. <laughs> Wait, is there a Lawton Municipal Auditorium? <laughs> uh, so yeah, they'll be uh they'll they'll be on tour. That'll that'll be a fun show. I laugh, but Gucci Man's playing Columbus, so <laughs> Columbus, Georgia. <laughs> and there are actually like a lot of like R and B acts. Oh yeah, all that play in Macon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go through there a lot. R. Kelly was banned from Columbus when I was a kid because his show was too <laughs> sexual. I wish I was making this up. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It's just <laughs> they don't call they it the banned Bible. him. <laughs> they don't call the Bible up for nothing. I mean, let's just be real. Yeah, he got banned. He couldn't come back no more. They'll have acts uh, who plays in Macon. People like Jodeci and mm-hmm. maybe 112. <laughs> Joe. Uh, Joe, Keith Sweat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they're all on tour together right now, actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I have seen they they will play in Macon, you know. Hey, look, we got Hall and & Oates and Tears of Fears. They can't play it at, at, at uh, they're not playing at Variety Warehouse. I mean, Playhouse. Variety Playhouse. They're playing at, in Gwinnett's. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, look out for their tour dates. If you're interested in them, um, real quick, our number one song, the number one song of the hot 100 is the shape of you by Ed Sheeran, the quote unquote King of pop. Mm. I'm not going to put that in the same sentence anymore. I I can't do it. Hey, they said the first song on his album is a rap song. (laughs) You know, you know what? That's how they (laughs) opened the article. (laughs) <laughs> that's the first you know line what? of the article <laughs> so oh, I'm gonna man. check it out I'm gonna check it out because I'm not gonna lie and I don't use this word very often but the remix to um, Don't with Rick Ross was lit it was straight lit back then it wasn't because I didn't know that word but well I, I, I think I've mentioned it on here before that uh, there was an article that said that Ed Sheeran is the most influential artist in black music how? I don't know how Slade? I don't, I don't know <laughs> Okay, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. is he the new John Mayer? Is he going to say something He's messed more, up on stage? Is he? Gonna, well, see, he, I don't. He doesn't talk all that much. I don't see a whole lot of interviews. Well, you know what? That is true because John Mayer was. He's not. He's funny. not. He's not dating all these all these other yeah, celebrities. 
John Mayer, have you, do you follow him on Snapchat? You've seen him on Snapchat? No, he's I very, don't have a Snapchat. He's very funny. If you ever get the chance, he's very funny, especially when he um, hopped in his truck. He has this, like, big, huge, like, um, like safari-type van, and he took it to um, Coachella last year. <laughs> and, like, he just, he, he, he road trip from his place in Montana to Coachella and doc- documented the whole thing, and it was hilarious because when he got there, um, he acted like he was going to try to sneak in <laughs> and just hopped in a, in a golf cart and just like ran through security. <laughs> he was going to sneak into Coachella. <laughs> like nobody knows who you are, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was pretty funny. Um, but then I remember also he had that show on MTV. Like I forgot John was oh, like yeah. a personality. Like Ed Sheeran is not a personality. Like that's at least from what we know. But John Mayer has recently released uh, two EPs. Yes, they're very good. The Search for Everything Wave 1 and Wave 2. Yeah. So you can uh He's getting back to old John. He's getting back to Continuum Heavier Things era John Mayer. We're not going to get room for Square's John Mayer again? No, I think, <laughs> I think... I feel like he met the roots and they were like, John, you can't do that no more, man. That's corny. We're not, we're not going to get inside once out, John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to let him... I think he made that album kind of like how LA, LA Reed told um, Pink she was going to be the next Britney. Someone told him, you're going to be the next lame white dude. Make Go make me room for squares. And he was like, I, do I have to? <laughs> they were like, yeah, wear this shirt. But I don't I don't want to hold this guitar. I play Fenders. <laughs> uh, we got to get you a haircut. But can I just grow a for- No, no haircut, haircut now. clean shirt. Get rid of that Fender. <laughs> get rid of that Fender. That's the black man's guitar. Get rid of that Fender. <laughs> But I like blues. No, you don't. <laughs> it's like they just made him change everything. So yeah. <laughs> um, what else do we have here? Okay, this was this was a weird thing to me, and um, that's why I, I saw an article on this from Rolling Stone. Now, if people find the demos or early recordings of a certain album, you know, they may have some value. Um. And then, you know, where an out certain uh, great album was recorded, um, you know, people will like, hey, this is where this album was recorded or this song. And, you know, that that may hold some, uh, I guess, value or as terms of uh, just a histor- historical significance. Mm-hmm. Um, but the recording console itself. Yeah, that, that was a little <laughs> weird when you told me that. <laughs> so the recording console like the physical console that was used to record Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon is up for auction. Um, that's such a weird thing to <laughs> sell. But, I mean, I guess that's... Why not put it in a museum? Like, if you're going to... Like, does the person need money? Like, that just seems like something you might donate to, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, hey, we don't need it anymore. Put it in here. Let the world, you know, share it with the world. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I mean, like, I can't imagine having it in my own private collection, like at my house. But like, oh, I guess this is my study. Um, and in my study, off to the right, here's the console used to record Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Ooh, huh? like, <laughs> I can't imagine that. That's so weird. Like, what does it do anything? Does it, is it, well, I guess it, for, so for it to not lose value, it wouldn't be functional. Yeah. I mean, uh, or or you just like no, we do we it may be functional, but we're you know no one can use, use it. it. Yeah, because I mean everyone records digital now. It's probably an analog console. I mean it's 
I, I guess if you want to sound vintage, I mean, you remember Josh? He loves he loves <laughs> tape um, reel to reel tape analog. Mm. He loves it's warmer sounding, um, is what he would say. So, I mean, somebody out there might buy it, and then they'll release an album like recorded on the console that. <laughs> Um, so this was, uh, the console itself was housed at Abbey Road Studios. Why are they selling it? That's a legendary I, studio. I don't know. None of this makes sense. So um, this one needs money. No estimate has been set, but the console is expected to hit at least six digits. Mm. Um, Paul McCartney, George Harrison and Ringo Starr each recorded on the console as solo artists. Also Kate Bush and the cure. Hmm. Um, it's got a lot of history then. Yeah. So it's going to be part of, um, Bonham's TCM presents rock and roll through the lens auction. Let's see what else is what on auction here. I'm interested to see that. All right. Um, okay. We have, uh, an Elvis Presley signed personnel record. As far as uh, this is for uh, personnel record for for what? Uh, it's a personal statement he filled out for his contact information when he was doing films for Fox for 20th Century Fox. Uh, so basically like when he, his personnel card, like the application he had to fill out or whatever. What did I sell for like 10 bucks? Like this? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's 15 to 18,000 mm. estimated price. Mm. Uh, we have a jailhouse rock poster. Did he, did he sign it? <laughs> it is not signed. Uh-uh. <laughs> 800 to $1,200. Uh, a Patsy Klein autograph. Um, a concert poster and with uh, for the Grand Old Opry with Jerry Lee Lewis and Kitty Wells. Hmm. Um, a handbill for a Buddy Holly, Bill Haley, and Jerry Lee Lewis concert. I, I might buy that. <laughs> Five thousand dollars. I don't have that money, but <laughs> that's that's actually kind of cool. A Gibson Les Paul special signed by oh. Les Paul. Oh, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. Two thousand dollars. Oh. Um, an Elvis Presley storyboard for the movie Speedway. Oh. Uh, an Elvis Presley and con- an Elvis in concert tour jacket. Uh, looks like a almost a, like a Letterman jacket. Uh, an Elvis Presley gold necklace in its original box. Hmm. And uh, a painting of Elvis Presley. So, so a lot of Elvis stuff. Peanut um, butter on the on the necklace. A little Richard concert poster. Hmm. Other artists featured uh, Bobby Blue Bland. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, a James Brown concert poster. Another James Brown concert post. James Brown at the Apollo, hmm. to be more specific. Uh, Supreme's handbill signed by Diana Ross and Mary Wilson. Um, another Supreme's poster. A framed commemorative award display for the Supremes. Uh a signed Diana Ross album. Um, I really want that hand build. <laughs> I would like that. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Let's see what else, what else you can find here. A lot of like hand bills and concert posters. Oh wait, what was that? That was a, uh, like a Michael Jackson item. 
Um, oh, wow. A Jackson five featuring Michael Jackson signed songwriting contract. I would like that as well. So the contract itself uh, assigned Michael Jackson Ben album cover. So the Ben album. I Maybe just because it's my name. Maybe. <laughs> The jacket Otis Day wore it from uh, Animal House, mm-hmm. Otis Day in the Nights. <laughs> the jacket. <laughs> All right. Uh, a beaded sweater worn by Luther Vandross. Big Luther, little Luther. Does it say this, the size? It doesn't say the size. This looks like, um, does it say when he was wearing it? No, it doesn't say. From the size, it might it might be like medium Luther. Okay. <laughs> um, they need to sell the guitar that Marty played from Back to the Future. <laughs> they need to sell that. <laughs> uh, Beatles gold record for Let It Be. Um, an acoustic guitar signed by early Top of the Pops guests, including the Beatles, Rolling Stones, Dusty Springfield, and many others. Hmm. So they all signed this guitar. That's going to go for a lot. <laughs> It doesn't even have like an estimated price. <laughs> so we're going to see. Um, another electric guitar signed by the Rolling Stones. Uh, a Rolling Stones cover on Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> um, well, let me see if I can go back. I'll show you that one. Interesting. Yeah. Rolling Stones on the cover of Rolling Stone. Hmm. And they signed it. Um, Pink Floyd poster. Well, of course the the console and Eric Clapton signed Stratocaster. Uh, the Austin Powers and Gold member poster. Like, why is I don't know. That's a little. Why is it two hundred dollars? <laughs> <laughs> and why is the first Austin Powers movie poster three hundred dollars? <laughs> Come on now. Um. Mick Rock has some photographs. He has a picture here of Sid Barrett, one of David Bowie. Another one of David Bowie put it on makeup. Another one of Bowie. Well, he's got a series of Bowie pictures. Ooh, I like that. Oh, he has the uh, the iconic Queen. Oh yeah. Photograph of uh, <laughs> from their album Queen Two. The like. Y'all know what yeah, we're talking about. It, if you, you, if you when it. you see it, you'll know it. Yeah, and if you, but the photograph of Queen. And if you don't know it, don't talk to us. <laughs> um, some of Tim Curry as uh, in, from Rocky Horror. This is a lot of stuff. So where are they getting this stuff from? Just it seems like all over. People are collecting these, man. Uh, there's a, a Yamaha acoustic guitar signed by Lou Reed. Um. Platform shoes worn by Cher. So is this where's the auction going to be? Like, like, like I have the money, but. <laughs> um, there's got they've got some locations. Okay, they're going to be in Hong Kong and London, and or, or this may be just where their auction houses are. I don't know about this particular auction, but they have auction houses in Hong Kong, two in London, one in L.A., New York, Paris, San Francisco. And Sydney. And we ain't rich enough. Okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) So if you guys want to go get that console, (laughs) 
put it in your house. How are you going to carry it? <laughs> <laughs> it was like if they're in London, yeah, it was at, at Abbey Road. So they're somewhere in England. If you live in New York, how are they going to get it to you? Yeah. Get like two or three of your friends. We'll carry it. <laughs> how do they go split it up? How do you go? How do you, how do you get it on the plane? How do you, do you like split it up? Cause it looks like it's all, mm-hmm. it's like three pieces, but there's one big piece. Like, what do you do with that? <laughs> put, it on, um, put it on the Titanic. Bring it back. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Interesting. Um, Kendrick Lamar is making some new music. Are you excited about that? Um, only if it's like Good Kid, Mad City. Um, I don't. Want, I don't want to say he's getting obscure, but I think he's lost his quote-unquote pop sensibility that he had on Good Kid, Mad City. Um, I'm I'm looking for another swimming pools, but I'm afraid I'm never going to get one. I'm afraid I'm never going to get another recipe. Um, but. I mean, hey, as as long as he's happy, it ain't about pleasing Ben. So yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, he says, I think now how wayward things have gone within the past few months. My focus is ultimately going back to my community and the other communities around the world where they're doing the groundwork. He calls this an urgent album. Oh, so it's not going to be like, okay. To Pimp a Butterfly was addressing the problem. I'm in a space now where I'm not addressing the problem anymore. What does that even mean? <laughs> well, he's not going to say what the problem is. Maybe he's going he's gonna to have ideas on how to act. Okay. Okay. So we look forward to that. Uh, no date has been announced yet. So I'm guessing the end of the year. Or just in time for the Grammy, so probably August. <laughs> for your consideration. <laughs> and um, I guess something I, I just wanted to bring up real quick. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of information on it, but there will be a documentary coming out about Bobby Shmurda. Yeah. Uh, and, we, and we talked about that right before. Um, and I didn't know he was in jail. <laughs> yeah. That explains where he's been. Um, no, that's interesting, though, like that what happened as far as, you know, you mentioning one hit wonder rappers, um, going away. Yeah. That's, this is, uh, this is one of those like actual, uh, hip hop tragedies that like everyone saw, like you looked at it. It wasn't, you didn't look up at, well, maybe in your case, but <laughs> like, look at it, like, Hey, what happened to that one guy? <laughs> like you could see exactly what happened. Um, you know, it wasn't like a case like with uh like with C murder. Remember C murder? Do I? What happened to him? What did he do? He he like he shot a guy. Oh god. He shot and killed a guy. Who and Master P. Did I you ever wonder like all this time, like, why are we just seeing Master P? Oh it's no, because I didn't like we were seeing C murder around here. Well I mean I, I didn't like, think he about shot it. Shot and killed a guy. Because I mean I just saw Master P playing the um in the celebrity, the celebrity game, in a very tight jersey, I might add, um, and not tight isn't cool, but like tight physically. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I just never thought it because I mean, in the same vein, I don't wonder where Soap the Shocker is. <laughs> is he in jail too? I don't know. Probably not though. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think we would know if two, like how like we would know if two of Masterpiece Brothers are in jail. And him and his son are playing at the Celebrity All-Star game. 
Well, I mean, his name was C. Murder. I mean, <laughs> all I see is murder. You know, it's like that's crazy. I did not know that. Okay. Let's see, Silk the Shocker. Well, while he's looking that up, uh, just to let you know that with Bobby Smurder, there's just going to be a, you know, I think they'll they like kind of explain the timeline and how. Um, could you, you you may it may ask the question did he bring this on himself because of his lyrics even though there's a court in new jersey saying that the lyrics can't be used as evidence unless it was very specific to a specific crime um but some people you know may believe that with his music it, it made him popular but it also sent him to jail mm -hmm. um which would be uh an interesting thing to explore so I'm looking forward to that. I'm not sure what it's airing on, but, um, he's not in jail. Yeah. Okay. Silk the shocker. <laughs> he's got an album. He had an album come out in 2016. It, you can't even look at it on, on, on Wikipedia. So it must've been bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we confirmed that. I was a little, I was a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we can also address something else pretty shortly here. Uh, last weekend, uh, the internet was ablaze. Oh, were they? They were. Oh, man. Like, as Remy Ma um, took out Nicki Minaj with a series of <laughs> bars and rhymes and oh, man. such. Each bar got, it just, each bar stung more. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, it started out kind of mild, and I was like, "Yeah, this is you know." I was trying to figure out like where it may have started. Like, was she unprovoked, or was she just like, "I'm just tired of hearing about Nicki Minaj." I can't uh, remember. I read where it happened. Like, apparently, like she did something to her. I I can't remember though. But you know, um, Remy Ma is not Miley. You know, you, you can't stand on stage. I think she made a reference to that. <laughs> like, she's not Miley. Yeah, she, did. <laughs> she made references to her and Taylor Swift and a few other people. Like, Remy Ma was just. She unloaded. There's a lot going on. So, yeah. And then, of course, you know, Sheether, um, which is uh, um, a throwback to Ether. The yeah, used, used the same the same beat as Ether. Um, and so that's why the producers credit it as Ron Browse. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was, it, it was different. Yeah, so I think it was... I think people were a lot of what, what was interesting about the whole thing is that um, people were waiting for Nicki Minaj to respond as if she had to. But then some people think that she doesn't have to. I don't think she does. I think she, as a matter of fact, she has nothing to gain, um, especially when, excuse me, from what I read, um, Remy Ma was like, you can respond, but you can't talk about your album sales. Like, why, why not? <laughs> like, that's what I have. I have money. And success and album sales, like I, I, Dama talk about that. Like, <laughs> well, I guess it wouldn't compare to what Remy Ma had just said. Mm -hmm. No, I, I it wouldn't it. do anything. I get it, but like to me, like if I'm, if I'm Nicki Minaj, I don't respond because, um, what quarrel does an, uh, a boot have with an ant? As Loki said in Avengers, I know I'm quoting Loki here, but. Like, you're an ant. I'm a boot. I'm bigger than you. 
Like I'm not gonna dignify you with the response. Like my my fans my fans now, um, because I mean let's be real. Nicki Minaj is no longer just a rapper. Nicki Minaj is a pop star. Um, her pops her pop fans like her average pop fan of like Nebraska does not know who Remy Ma is. Does not care. <laughs> like all she wants to hear is you know she wants to hear more pop tracks from Nicki Minaj that she sings on. She doesn't care that that Nicki's a rapper. She don't care. Well then, she's she's it's this is a rap beef then, it's a it's a rapper beefing with a pop star. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Nicki Minaj is more was more pop star than rapper if you look at the entirety of her career. Mm-hmm. Like maybe six years ago, this would have been a rap beef, but not now. Well, Remy Ma was in jail then. Yeah, <laughs> but like this, yeah, this isn't a rap beef right now. Um, I don't expect uh. Well, it says Nicki Minaj responded with a pair of Instagram posts, but whatever. Um, I don't, I don't expect a response from Nicki Minaj. Uh, and there was actually a second song that Remy Ma released and it it was kind of like, he, uh, she was trying to, I guess, trying to go the Drake route Mm -hmm. (laughs) by releasing two diss tracks before the other person releases one. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as this goes, I don't expect Nicki Minaj to respond because she may look at Remy Ma as being like that much beneath her. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though um, it would be interesting to see two female rappers um, kind of go back and forth, mm-hmm. but it's probably not going to happen. It was interesting for a minute. Yeah. When it came out, it was interesting when there was that, you know. Maybe Nikki will respond, but no. Like the more you think about it, like she hasn't. She yeah, people were like, "Oh, you got thirty six hours to respond." It's been out for like, like you have nothing to. She has nothing to gain. Nikki Minaj ain't done. Yeah. She has nothing to gain. Like, I this, mean, even though some of the stuff that Rima was saying was like true. Oh, very true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and funny. So, yeah. um, you got that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, things that we have for this first part of the show. So, Ben, what's your earworm of the week? I'm going heavy this week. I've been listening to this song a lot. Um, it's by a group called 40 Below, and the name of the song is Self-Medicate. Um, I think I I heard of this group um, from a friend who quoted them in his AIM profile. <laughs> aim that's how long they've been around <laughs> and so then i started checking them out and i saw their video they're a weird looking group of people 40 below summer yeah 40 below summer yeah the name of the song is self-medicate um yeah it's pretty okay. it's pretty heavy I, I i dig it though but yeah it's yeah all right so this is self-medicate by 40 below summer from their album the morning after morning with a you so we're gonna hear that and we will be right back
is Self-Medicate by 40 Below Summer from their album The Morning After. When did this come out? 2003. Yeah, this was... So that's how my week was. That was like Get Off of Work. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Get Off of Work song. They blow off some steam right there. <laughs> All right. <sighs> All right. So uh, you can check that out along with our other uh, earworms on the BTTYHT Earworms playlist, which is on Spotify. All right. Before we get to our topic, uh, we do have our indie Instagrammer of the week. I hope you're ready for this one. Uh, well, I, I hope I am too, because I, you know, you know, the rules with the indie Instagrammer of the week. This is an artist who like one of our posts on Instagram that is a musician and we play one of their songs that we have never listened to before ever, ever, ever. So today's, uh, this, this episode's artist is Kayla Kinney. Um, she sounds country. She may be a country artist. You can check out her Instagram, uh, as to, um, what kind of music she may be playing. Did you read her description? <laughs> I love Jesus and whiskey. <laughs> I'm going to assume uh, she's country. Yeah. I love whiskey too. Now I, I love Jesus and whiskey. I don't shake hands. I hug. It sounds like country. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like I country. Do, I do love whiskey and I had some really good whiskey at the beer, bourbon and barbecue festival yesterday. So we got that in common, but yeah, that sounds good. It sounds very country. <laughs> I don't shake hands. I hug. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, she may be based out of Nashville here. I guess that's where one of her shows was. Okay. And, um, her most recent picture, she was at fashion week in Scottsdale, Arizona. I didn't know they did fashion week there, (laughs) but, uh, so we're going to play one of her songs. Uh, she is on Spotify and her, we're going to play the, 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 the most popular song on her list on her uh, profile, which is called it's It's a girl's night out. Does she have a bio? No. Where is she? Most popular Marion. Marion. Is that Marion, Illinois? I don't know. Or Marion, Tennessee. Is there a Marion, Tennessee? I don't, I don't know. know. It's always interesting to see that, though. I like that Spotify put that in there, the sponsors. Um, that was really cool. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, yeah, this is It's a Girl's Night Out by Kayla Kinney, and we'll talk about it. Yep, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> So far, so good. Just want to hear the voice. I can tell it's gonna be one of those nights. All of the girls I like the drums too. <laughs> the cell phones are off, so don't try to call my best friend. Gotta let him ring. How many followers she got on Instagram? Thirteen thousand. It's not my fault. All the drinks are free, and I can't help but tend just falling for me. We're bad neuroses, all the guys, but you're the only. Okay, okay. I'm just waiting to hear what a voice can do. Okay, okay. 
That section was a little busy right there. Mm-hmm. Heard that sentence right before was a little busy, but she's got a pretty good voice. Yeah, she definitely sounds more comfortable in the upper ranges. In the verses, she sounds a little uncomfortable just listening to the end of her phrasing. Um, it's not as sharp as and crisp as when she goes into her higher ranges, so it might just be... But um, very good production on that. That's it's so crazy because when we started this, I was like, man, we're gonna hear like you know some home recordings. Like that's that's <laughs> those days are gone. Like when you're yeah. indie artists, like recording. Well, the people who are so like in their cheaper. posts, like they are they are going they're going full tilt with this to mm-hmm. where you know their stuff is on Spotify or yeah. iTunes. You know they have, um, you know they're they're going after this dream. If they yeah. haven't if they haven't uh, broken out yet, then you know they're they're still working towards it. So. Yeah. This you is got, broadcast you, quality. Like, you you got to sound. You got to sound good, <laughs> even if you want to just like kind of mm-hmm. get a foot in there. You know. Um, yeah, I, I like the song. It was. Um, um, I like it. Was it was bluesy. Mm-hmm. Um, she has the voice to have that um, to be like that country pop hybrid that mm-hmm. that's really popular right now, um, and. Uh, I yeah, I, like, I, I like the production too. It was yeah. it was clean. Um, it sounds like a Carrie Underwood song almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it has that feel to it. So uh, she may be on her way. No talk about whiskey though. Yeah, no whiskey talk. <laughs> like we wait for that. <laughs> like, pick up a bottle. That, that might be on her on on some of her other songs. Uh, this is actually from an EP that came out in 2014 called Miss America. That's crazy. She's still not like signed yet. Like yeah. it can be discouraging, like if you're a musician, because you listen to something like this, and you would think like, "Wow, this is really good. This could be on the radio," and they're not even famous yet. So it's just like, "All right, so what are they doing? <laughs> That's not making them famous. Are they not promoting themselves enough? Are they? Because I mean, like the the quality of song is there. Um, it can be discouraging. Like the the music game has changed. Like with the with the like relative inexpensiveness, you know, to record nowadays, like the music industry is, is changed. Like you would never hear, um, even in the early two thousands. Like if you go back and listen to like demos, like late nineties, early two thousands, you listen to demos of songs, nothing like this. Like people weren't putting no. out stuff. I mean, like it was still a big deal when Crossfade um, recorded their album. Um, God, that was like what two thousand seven, I think. Earlier than that. Yeah, like that was a big deal. That that was a home recording, and when it was when it was released, they didn't have to do. They much didn't change to any. It. Well, I did. Th- I thought I they was, didn't change anything at all. Yeah, you know, I might be thinking of Boston where they changed some things, but yeah, with the crossfade, yeah, I don't think they changed anything. Like that was a big deal back then. Now you're hearing stuff now where like you wouldn't have to change this. This is radio already. Yeah, just put this out now. It's crazy. So. Like just how far we've come in just like what ten years, <laughs> like <laughs> like holy crap! Like, and this was three years ago, so yeah, and less than that. So, um, so shout out to Kayla Kinney. Yeah. Um, we appreciate uh, you liking our post, mm-hmm. and we'll definitely. Um, uh, well, I might as well start putting it. I got I got to go back. Oh, it's only a few. I don't think there's that many artists that mm-hmm. were actually on Spotify that we've played, mm-hmm. but a couple of them have been. So yeah. we'll um, I'll be making a list for that too. 
Um, she's not bad to look at either. So like, <laughs> it, it, it can't be because they say she's ugly. Like it's. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it, maybe maybe country is hard to break into, yeah. uh, like a lot harder than maybe we anticipated. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people move to Nashville to be songwriters, at least. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's hard to break into. And that's why we have that's why Taylor Swift made the switch that she did. <laughs> too hard. Um, all right. So uh, let's get into our topic here. We started the show with the Academy Award winning song. City of Stars from La La Land. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen the movie and neither have you. No, I have not. <laughs> uh, may- maybe I'll watch it. I haven't been really into watching a whole lot of movies lately. I did watch Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard everyone said that was good. If you think it's just about some dude being gay, <laughs> that, mean, that, that, that shows to me you clearly haven't seen it. And I think you need to, it's, it's, it's a lot more complex than that. We as black people want to be seen as complex people. Okay. We don't like being stereotyped and we don't like being, uh, summed up in one sentence or less. We like to be complex people. It depends on how much you pay me, but typically I don't like being stereotyped. (laughs) Okay. We at least don't like being stereotyped. So don't just look at it as, you know, Oh, it's about being gay. Not, not, not exactly. I didn't even know he was, I didn't know he was a gay um, until I, you know, I written, read a little bit further into it. Um, and I also didn't know, I guess someone said, you know, like he, he should get an Oscar just for being able to tell a story in an hour and a half. Cause apparently it wasn't very long. So it's not, it's like barely over an hour and a half. And that probably includes credits. Yeah. Being able to tell a story in this day and age that quickly is also phenomenal. What I liked about it is it was a lot of people could relate to it. Mm-hmm. Even if it, even if the, if the kid was another race, mm-hmm. people could relate to. I like that it was, um, it was a, it had black people, mm-hmm. and it didn't have to be about, you know, which I think it's is Oscar Beatty stuff that is has to that takes place during you know pre Civil War mm-hmm. or during the nineteen sixties. I think that stuff is, is Oscar Beatty mm-hmm. um, because it has to be like really heavy and manipulative as uh, manipulative emotionally. Mm-hmm. That's why I think some of those movies are, I mean, nothing really against Selma or 12 years a slave mm-hmm. or, you know, well, hell that was, I heard another point made as well, that this is one of the first movies in a while that didn't rely on a historical event. Right. Like it didn't, right. it was just an original just a story, basically. Yeah, it, about it's based on people. um, it's based on a, it was based on a book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there wasn't, there didn't have to be a, there wasn't a historical event tied or to some, it. It's not something taken the back in the background or something. It was just about people living their lives. Yeah, uh, that's something I definitely appreciate, and um, you don't get to see a lot of awkward black dudes hmm. on film. You don't get to see that a not whole typically, lot. Typically, no. Unless they have to be a certain way or if they are, you know, if they turned out to be, um, if, you know, the third act of the film, you know, the guy, because he's a, he's a drug dealer, but you know, his backstory, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't just, um, you don't, you don't have, you're not assuming anything about him Mm -hmm. because you already, you've already seen what is, what happened to him, what kind of led to this point. Um, and that's, that's something you don't get to see a lot on on screen to where if you see that particular kind of character 
you are you start assuming things about that character. And even though that may not be explained in the film or mm-hmm. on TV, you you've seen what has happened, mm-hmm. and it, 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 it could still become this guy. Yeah, okay. but he's still a complex person. I think either way, whether you know about it or not, he's still a complex person. That's what I that you know, like I was saying, how, what I like most about it is that he's a complex person, and even with all the stuff he went through. You could, you may look at him and see a stereotype, but he's really not because hmm. you've seen what's happened. I like that. Okay, man, I'll check this out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would recommend Moonlight. Um, I no, I didn't see La La Land, and I don't know anyone who's going to recommend that to me. <laughs> uh, just like I don't know anyone who can defend uh, the nomination of Betsy DeVos. But that's another topic for another day. <laughs> Hashtag heavy handed. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, like I said, we started the um, the podcast with City of Stars from La La Land, which won Best Original Song. So uh, let's just, we're going to do a, I think it's our first one of the calendar year, uh, yeah, because, because five. five. Yeah. Why? Because five. <laughs> uh, so we pick uh, our top five uh, songs that won Best Original Song at the Academy Awards. And uh, we'll play them and uh, we'll talk about why we picked them. Uh, But first, we're going to start. We're going to do our honorable mentions a little different here. Mm -hmm. Uh, The honorable mentions will be uh, two songs that were nominated but did not win. So two songs that did not win Best Original Song, but they were nominated. And uh, Ben, why don't you go first? All right. This is difficult. This is very difficult. There are so (laughs) many good songs. Um. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with this one, Hakuna Matata, from The Lion King. Um, really good song. Um, kind of has a bit of a jazz feel to it. Um, like I love, I love the instruments. I, I just like everything about it. Not to mention, you know, in, <laughs> just like the stopping and talking in the middle. You know, where, like where they're the kind of explanation in the second verse. Um, just a really good song. It's got a nice, you know, like African feel with some jazz. Yeah, it's just a, it's a really it's a catchy song. You know, you take this phrase that's not in English and you're singing it. And then, of course, um, the singing voice of Simba uh, was one of the um, was one of the singers for Toto, which I later found out in my adult years. Um, and then, of course, uh, what um, Ernie Simbello, not yeah, Ernie Simbello, Ernie, Ernie Simbello, they're Nathan both, Lane. Um, they're, they they were Broadway too, right? Yeah. Okay, that's why they sound so good. Uh, yeah, and Jason Weaver. Jay Weave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. He, he does sing a little bit as Young Simba. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. he's a singer for Young because Jonathan Taylor Thomas was the, the voice. voice. Well, I mean, in this song, he sings a little bit too, like towards the end of like the third, second verse or something, going into the yeah. Well, he he's he's credited as an artist on this yeah. particular song. So, yeah. of course, beat out by a very worthy song, but this is a very good song as well. So. Yeah. Um, and as a kid, I yeah. played this soundtrack out. <laughs> like I own, I had the soundtrack. I listened to it all the time. I would analyze the the background, the just everything about it. Just yeah, love everything about this song. Here it comes. Oh yeah. <laughs> what could have been? <laughs> could have been. And then of course, and I mean, I guess just disclaimer. 
Some of the songs I chose, I have not seen the movies. And I feel, I think that's okay. <laughs> I have seen this movie, though. I think everyone's seen this movie. So. And I felt old. I went hiking last weekend. And, um, this, this girl had a dog. And the dog was named Nala. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she's probably like, you know, a little bit younger than myself. She's probably like in her mid-twenties. And she goes, yeah, Nala, you know, like from The Lion King. And then there were some kids there. And like, oh, like from the first Lion King. And I'm like, Kendra, I'm like, the only Lion King that matters. <laughs> what do you mean the first Lion King? Because, of course, they had the really bad sequels, like One and a Half and Lion King 2. And oh, yeah. I think there was a third one. But it's like, no, the only, no, kid, the only one that matters. Don't quote, don't come around here quoting Lion King One and a Half. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, uh, I remember watching Lion King a lot, too. Um, and I think, like, over time, the term Hakuna Matata has just turned into, <laughs> it's very meme-ish now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's used as a punchline. Uh, but, hey, at the time, it was, at the time, you know, but since people have gotten it tattooed on their arms for whatever reason. They're like, oh, you like the Lion King? What's that? Uh, <laughs> First Lion King? Yeah. Um, my honorable mention is a song. It's uh, um, one of the, it's one of my favorite songs, like in general. But um, it's, uh, and I really, and those, those version that's in the movie was different than what was performed at the ceremony but I still liked it and I think if it came out any other year it probably would have won and it's Miss Misery by Elliot Smith mm. from Goodwill Hunting what, when did he die? Um, let me see here um, and that was a good movie Elliot Smith died in 2003 okay yeah some people didn't when we were talking about um, somehow Robin Williams came up in a training class I was in this week and I was talking I was like this is the Robin Williams I prefer <laughs> like dramatic yeah. Robin Williams because he could be haunting or he could be like a dramatic lovable character I, I don't know I liked it but um, I'm not familiar I'm not familiar with this song though what part of the movie was it in? Do you remember? I actually have not seen Good Will Hunting. Oh, you haven't? Okay. <laughs> I just know this this song was in it. Okay. Um, it's a good movie. If you ever get a chance. Uh, this is actually an early version of the song. The soundtrack version is not available on Spotify. The rest of the soundtrack, well, a, a lot of the soundtrack is, but um, the soundtrack version isn't available. But this was like an early an early version um, from a collection called New Moon. Uh, which came out after he passed, but uh, uh, he actually did not intend to do the song mm-hmm. at the Academy Awards, but someone else was going to do it because they were going. This song was going to be performed. He's like, okay, <laughs> never mind. Well, then, may, then I'll do it then. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, some other things about his performance there. Uh, it was a shocking nomination, first of all, uh, because this was basically Goodwill Hunting is an independent movie. Mm-hmm. You're like. People had seen Matt Damon in a couple of things. They'd seen Ben Affleck in a couple of things. But for them to have this made, you know, they won for the the screenplay and everything. Um, and they didn't want him to sit in a chair. Uh, they didn't want him to. Uh, 
um, they didn't want him to, to there was something else they didn't want him to do Apparently, he wore a white suit because he wore a white suit in the video and they didn't want him to do that either so he had to go through some jump through a couple of hoops before um, before uh, before going out there but yeah I just I just I, I like the song and um, yeah it was it's just enjoyable to me and it, and it takes me back to a to a uh, an interesting time, even without seeing this movie, but just the everything surrounding the movie, mm-hmm. um, and how popular it was, and with you know Robert Williams' performance, mm-hmm. um, I think he kind of set. Well, he had already been doing it, but it shows that comedic actors or comedians can do mm-hmm. dramatic roles, yeah. and it was kind of like. Um, I think it was also to me kind of a twist. His his performance may have been a twist on Judd Hirsch and Ordinary People. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, which like the you know the unconventional therapist that that might that's a trope that's not really just uh, explored all that much. <laughs> but that's anyway, I never thought about. All right, Ben. What's your other honorable mention? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I have the tiger survivor. <laughs> I would make this number one if it was a winner. I, I love this song. Um, of course, from Rocky, um, which unfortunately does not stand up as well <laughs> later down the line. Yeah. It moves uh, really slowly. Um, it doesn't really pick up until the end, like the fight. <laughs> it doesn't really pick up until then. But I mean, the first time I saw, saw Rocky, I loved it. Um, and, and of course, this song, like, which what they get a reprise of it in uh, uh, Rocky Three, where he fights Clubber Lang. He goes to train with, um, yeah, with Apollo Creed. It's also it was also played in Rocky Four. Yeah, so like even though it was used in Rocky One, you know, in the soundtrack, they 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 knew what they had. They had a great song that they just kind of played over and over again. Um, really, until you got uh, Hearts on Fire in Rocky Four. Actually, let me get this right. I, I uh. I of the Tiger was not in the first Rocky. Was it not? I thought it was. I think it was the second one. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it was the third one. The third it was one? the third one. So when he fought Clubber Lang, that's what it, it debuted in the third one. It was played again in the fourth one. I, I wow, I I was I was very off there. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. So what was the what was the song from the first Rocky? The because uh, wasn't Survivor on the or was that his brother on the corner singing? I thought that's why. Like Sylvester the, Stallone's brother? Yeah, Frank Stallone. I know Frank, he... I thought it was Survivor sitting on the on the corner, singing on the corner in the first Rocky movie. No. That might have been his brother, but he wasn't in Survivor. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I really thought it was... I thought it was... Hold on, hold on. Gonna Fly Now is in there, though, right? In the first yeah. Rocky. Okay, I thought both of those were in there. I'm way off. I'm gonna lose all my credibility now. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky Three was a good movie too. Then Clever Lang, of course, he goes out there and gets his ass kicked. Um, yeah, which is what I thought. Honestly, I thought they were doing with Ronda Rousey. Like I thought they were rocking her career, and then we kind of saw that they were. Okay. No, for real. Like they they put her up against a, against a bunch of patsies, you know, make her to be like you know this huge huge great fighter. Um, and then her fight going into the the Holly Holm fight. Oh well, doesn't yeah. doesn't train as hard. You know she's doing movies. I would put I would put her parallel to to Mike Tyson or that too. Like after after Kevin Rooney, mm-hmm. like up into the Buster Douglas fight. 
because she has trainers who don't seem to know what they're doing yeah. and they can't strategize and they're telling her the wrong thing like mm. hey, yeah you can you can you can punch with Holly home <laughs> no you can't and the second girl she lost to oh yeah you, you can punch with her you're a boxer no she does what was her what's her sport judo yeah no she is ground game all the way yeah she she tries to break people's arms she's not punching people in the face yeah how, uh, Rhonda, please get a new training team if you want this fighting thing to work. <laughs> you well, you, you got to do it. You got to fire everybody. But I, the Tiger's amazing. We're just, I'm going to throw that out there. It's amazing. Yes. Um, I would, I would agree with you there. Um, oh, yeah. They don't, there's no Rocky 3 soundtrack. Well, there probably is. It's just not on Spotify, but there's a Rocky 4 soundtrack. Um, my second honorable mention is, um, Now I can't get to my list. Um, my second honorable mention is uh, this. I think this was Phil Collins' second Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. He's been nominated at least three times, and he's won once. Uh, it's actually a song that it sounds like. It just sounds like one of those. It sounds like it came out in the '60s. Uh, it's uh, Two Hearts. Oh, that's a good song. <laughs> That's a good song, and that's the thing. That's that's the hard thing about choosing two honorable mentions of songs that didn't win. There's so many good songs. Yeah, that there win. were a lot. There were a lot of good songs that did not win. Yeah, and this is a good one. And I so I didn't know this was from a movie. Yeah, this was from a movie that actually Phil Collins starred in. It's a movie called Buster. Okay. Uh, he co-wrote this song with Lamont Dozier. Uh, well, while this plays, let's go back. Uh, you said your first honorable mention was. Akuta Matata. Akuta Matata. Yeah. That was written by... That lyrics by Tim Rice. Tim Rice and Elton John. Mm-hmm. Lyrics by Tim Rice, music by Elton John. <laughs> yeah. Elton John can write music, but he doesn't write lyrics. I all don't that get much. it That's, It's kind of hard to, like, how do you, like, let someone else do well, the lyrics? Well, the joke on South Park was that his lyrics are just bad. <laughs> like, it was like they were doing some sort of chef show or whatever. And they talked about how, like, Chef introduced him to Bernie Taupin. And he was like, he had Elton John playing a show. And he was, like, just singing these nonsensical lyrics. <laughs> they were just bad. He's like, your piano playing is great. But your, your lyrics just suck. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's weird, though. But, like, it's worked for him for so long. Um, this song, Two Hearts, was co-written by Phil Collins and Lamont Dozier mm-hmm. of the... Is it Holland Dozier Holland or Dozier Holland Dozier? Mm-hmm. I forget, but you, you guys know we're talking about the songwriting team for that. Um, maybe, yes, which, Holland Dozier Holland. Okay. So, yeah, they. Um, pull that to the yeah, this is, a, this is a really good song. Um, yeah, but it, it, but just, he, it just has that it has that Motown sound to yeah. it. And and, Phil Collins, um, but Phil Collins likes that, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what yeah. he grew up on. <laughs> yeah, I think he has an album which he does covers of oh, yeah. similar songs like that. He was he did a tour while he was playing them too. <laughs> like he loves this type of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's just it's just one yeah, it's just one of those songs, uh, and it lost to. Because uh, I don't think it's on either of our lists. It lost to "Let the River Run" by Carly Simon. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, it was only, a, and it was also nominated with Calling You from Baghdad Cafe. Uh, so there were only three nominees that year. Hmm. All right. So that's our, those are our honorable mentions. Those who did not win now are because five are songs that did win. Winners. So Ben, what's your number five? Number five. Um, going with the one that Bamani made the joke about. I've had the time of my life. <laughs> I love this song. All right. Uh, I love this I pull song. that up. It's, uh, God, who sung this? I know it was, um, Bill, Bill Medley, Medley and, and Jennifer Warnes. Yeah. From Dirty Dancing. Um, now, I have not seen the movie Dirty Dancing. I have no desire to see the movie Dirty Dancing. Um, uh, that that may be kind of a, a, a theme here. These mm-hmm. are songs we've heard, but we've never seen the, the movie. Movies, yeah. Like, I've never seen Buster. These are just I've never really seen good Good Will Hunting. <laughs> um, <laughs> although I did want to see it a little bit more when I found out that... Um, I can't think of the guy who played Lenny Briscoe in uh, Law and Jerry Order. Arbach. Jerry Arbach was in this. Yes, I kind of want to see it just for he, he's the one who <laughs> nobody puts baby in the corner. Well, Patrick Swayze's character said it, yeah. but he was the one who was putting baby in, in the, the corner. corner. Yeah, um, yeah. So no, I, I love this song though, um, and it's really more so like so, like songs like this. I mean, hell, this came out in 1987, so I was three. What doesn't make sense about this is that this was the song they danced to in the movie, like at the end. Mm-hmm. This the 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 movie takes place in like the sixties. Go figure. It, look, th- this is this is stuff that happened in the eighties. I don't know if all of Ben's songs from the eighties. It's a possibility, mm-hmm. but it's one of those songs. Like, okay, this isn't this song doesn't sound like it's from the. It doesn't sound like it's from the sixties. But it's what they're dancing to when people are acting like this is a, you know, it's 1964 or whatever year it was. Mm-hmm. But it, this happened like quite a few times. Like, uh, you see the movie Hoosiers? Yes. A lot of 80s music, 80s sound music. What, in there. what is that? Yeah. The heavy synthesizers, Vangelis sounding yeah. music, and the movie's supposed to take place in 1954. <laughs> so. I don't, yeah. I don't, who knows? Um, I'm just surprised there were no like alley oops thrown, <laughs> like in uh, Glory Road. <laughs> <laughs> like there is no way. I, like I'm, I'm going to look back at that that championship game. There is no way there was a play where someone threw a ball threw the ball off the backboard. Yeah, well, and the other guy beca- comes behind him and dunks it. Well, glo- I, I felt that um, I felt that semi pro adequately lampooned that pretty well. Where they threw the first LEU well, and yeah. no one knew how to stop it. it. Was a, <laughs> they made it an accident. <laughs> they blew the whistle. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, shout out to Will Ferrell if you're listening. I don't know why and you Andre would. 3000. And Andre 3000. <laughs> don't know why you would be listening, but if you just happen to listen. But no, I love this song. And honestly, I'm reminded of this because um, when I was a kid and I was, at, I was in Jack and Jill... Um, black people will know what that is, and they'll think I'm uppity because of it. I swear I'm not. If you watched Atlanta, mm-hmm. so we went to this um, this. What's <laughs> that real uppity? We we went to like um, like a ballroom dancing class, <laughs> <laughs> and so like this is one of the songs the lady put on, and her. I bet y'all danced too. Well, we didn't, but her and her partner did a demonstration to it, and like I always associate this song. With that demonstration, it, it sounds like a song that. Um, uh, now, I was I was never like the the 
the date or the escort for it, but I feel like for a debutante ball mm-hmm. for a lot of black people, this yeah. might be one of the songs. But I remember this very clearly. It was an, it was um like a middle aged white lady and you know her partner, and they just they danced to this song and like. I knew what it was, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is awesome!" Like, because I also she also put on "I Will Survive," like, <laughs> and danced to that. But yeah, just a dance studio in Columbus. Um, I, w- I wish I could find who this woman was, because um, your the memory of you dancing to this song with your partner has like this stuck in my head. I mean, it's probably over twenty years later. You know, when this me, I'm still remembering this. So yeah, it was All pretty right. awesome. Okay. Um... My number five, we're going to go back to the 70s. Um, Let me add it to the list. Make sure it's on there. It's the theme from Shaft. Oh, yeah. Um, A lot of history was made Mm -hmm. when Isaac Hayes won the Oscar for this. Um, For one, he was the first... um, black person to win the first black composer to win in this category. He was the first black to win an Oscar for a non-acting category. Mm. But I think at the time it only been like two people yeah. <laughs> had him McDaniel and Sidney Poitier. Um, uh, he was the first to write the song and perform it at the ceremony. Oh, wow. uh, like as the, as the winner, the first mm-hmm. winner to who, who had performed at the ceremony and wrote the song. Mm. And it's kind of the defining moment of the black exploitation era. Really? Okay. Uh, as far as the songs, I mean, it became like popular to like, let's get a popular soul artist for these black exploitation films. Like Curtis Mayfield, it's famously done Mm -hmm. Superfly. Um, What's another one? Uh, Donnie Hathaway has done one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marvin Gaye did um, Trouble Man. Okay. He's done that soundtrack. So, it became a popular act to a popular like move to let's get a uh, let's get a popular black artist who we know can write songs mm-hmm. and let's have him do our soundtrack. He'll score the whole thing. He'll write a few songs for it, and maybe we'll get a theme from Shaft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it didn't happen as far as um, being recognized for awards yeah. like this, but people. Well, I mean, you can go back and listen to those. Like, well, Superfly is good. So it's very good. Superfly, like, you just listen to Superfly soundtrack. Just listen to that, and that is that is, um, the defines Curtis Mayfield as far as like, mm-hmm. um, that song was pretty. What he's edgy, done though. musically, that song was pretty. Like lyrical content was pretty edgy. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man soundtrack. Like, I don't know anything about the movie, but I know of that soundtrack. (laughs) Um, And there's a song uh, Bobby Womack did, Across 110th Street, Mm -hmm. that's been used in a lot of movies. Well, it was for that movie and for... um, What am I thinking of? Jackie Brown. Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. That song's featured in that. So, this this is kind of the, the... the defining moment of the black exploitation era as far as music goes for mm-hmm. it being recognized because like okay this this movie this like this <laughs> this movie like and like with the academy like wow really this song mm-hmm. you know it's a one it's disco it's soul it's written by a black guy 
so you wouldn't expect it to be recognized by the Academy in any way. Was disco that hot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was. They cast her ballads in Studio 54. Like it's... But no, it's a good song. Um. So yeah, uh, what's number four? We're going to stay in the 80s here. What a feeling. <laughs> Are all of yours for the 80s? Not I all just, of them. Not okay. all of them. <laughs> um, I really like this song. Even more so of the Hollywood Mon Amour version of it is really beautiful. Um, and really kind of takes it. I, I'm a firm believer in the way a song is arranged and performed can change the meaning of it. Can give it more feeling. No pun intended to this is what a feeling. <laughs> um, but like the Hollywood Mon Amour version um, is, a, is a little bit slowed down. Um, but this one's still a good version. You know, I know it starts out slow and then kind of goes into a dance beat. But it's still just a really good song. So, yeah. We need to go back to... Um, uh, as far as the other songs nominated with Shaft, like I don't know any of these other songs. Mm-hmm. I recognize some of the names, you know, Henry Mancini, mm-hmm. uh, Marvin Hamlish, Johnny Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> the previously mentioned Johnny Mercer. Um, with this song, uh, Giorgio Moroder, uh, who became became the prominence for his work with Donna Summer, and then the soundtrack to Midnight Express. Uh, but he co-wrote this song with Irene Cara, who is the vocalist. You co-wrote it with Keith Forsey and Giorgio Moroder. It beat out a, another song on its own soundtrack, Maniac, yeah, which, which was... technically doesn't count <laughs> because it was from a. It wasn't exactly written for the movie. Yeah, it beat out uh, Tender uh, Over You from Tender Mercies, uh, Papa Can You Hear Me from Yentl, and the way he makes me feel from Yentl. Um. But I think the the popularity of the movie. Oh yeah. And this song was, I guess, it was kind of seen as inspirational at the time, because because of what the the movie is about. Steel Town Girl. <laughs> the Steel Town Girl on a Saturday night. <laughs> Once again, another movie I have not seen. Um, I'm sure it's awesome. <laughs> um, I've seen the beginning. I've seen the uh, water splash scene, mm. and I saw the uh, ending audition, which was. It's so weird because, well, I guess if if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen the scene, like it took three different people f- to do that scene. Oh wow, really? It was Jennifer Beals for like the close up shots mm-hmm. of her face. She had a dance double, hmm. and uh, she had there was a because in the movie where she's like trying to figure out what she wants to do. Um, she sees some break dancers and she used some break dancing in her routine mm. when they got one of the guys who looked thin enough and light skinned enough get put a wig on him. Oh god. And so when she's doing the break dance moves, that's a guy stunned mm. <laughs> Oh god. Now I kinda wanna go watch this. <laughs> but it's like almost clear that it's different people because I think that guy had a mustache and you could see it. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> so she was yeah. a looker back then. No, Jennifer Beals. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Mm-mm. and uh, that's a movie where probably not a lot of people know that Jennifer Beals is black. Yeah, I saw that she won an NAACP <laughs> Image Award. So 
um, you know, who really needs a Grammy? I mean, an Oscar when you have an Emmy Award. <laughs> who needs one? I mean, R. Kelly got one. <laughs> so, okay. <clears throat> um, we're at number four, right? Yes, you're number okay. Four. My number four is from The Lion King, and it is Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Was that on your list? No, oh, <laughs> it's a good song. It's a good song. Um, But hold on, I'm gonna play the the Elton John version, which is quite different. Doesn't have the talking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like the. I mean, it was it was a different sounding song to to me from Elton John. Yeah, I don't know if he had done a lot of like soundtracks before or anything like that, but um, I was a fan of Elton John then. I think. But it was just a different song from him to me. Um, <laughs> what what people could say about this is uh, this song was played during the love scene in Lion King. Yeah, they played around and that was their way of... <laughs> that, was, that was the love she scene. She totally gave him the sex eyes and... <laughs> yeah. Um, that was when young Simba, Simba's son was conceived that night. <laughs> Um, which is funny because she went yeah. hunting for food so she did it on an empty stomach mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate that's unfortunate you know yeah um, but this this movie was really the perfect storm I mean you have Elton yeah. John I believe um, who did the who scored the, uh, the uh, movie it was um, Hans Zimmer Hans Zimmer um, and then of course you know you have I, I don't know like this just I think this movie is is underrated because it was a cartoon. Yeah, I mean, it it probably should have been. Um, there have been very few animated pictures to yeah. be nominated for best picture. The Lion King was not. The first one was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, and I think since then the only ones that have been nominated are maybe Finding Nemo, it's Toy Story, and Toy Story or yeah. Toy Story Two. Yeah, all the Toy Story movies have been good. So, <laughs> so there have been um, very few animated films to uh but it it still has that uh still has the impact today even though it's gotten very memey there are a lot of memes with the lion king uh especially you know having to do with when mufasa dies but uh oh spoiler alert um (laughs) i'm sorry if you haven't seen lion king by now yeah then you're you're not gonna watch it (laughs) You're just not going to watch it, especially if you're old enough to remember. What kind of childhood did you have? Like, yeah. You either watched Lion King because uh, you went to the movies to see it, or mom or dad bought the, the VHS. Because mm-hmm, there were no DVDs back then. Or, you know, if, if it's from the last few years, maybe they bought the DVD. The Disney okay? DVD. Or you watched it at school. Mm-hmm. Like, you've watched The Lion King at some point in your life. There was an opportunity to watch The Lion King. Yeah. And this, yeah. You, you, this, yeah this, this is a beautiful song from there. This also reminds me of, like, um, there was one day, I don't know if you remember this, but riding around with, um, with the previously mentioned Josh, mm-hmm. and we're talking about um, what, like, certain, like, the allegory or the metaphor of certain Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it was like, I think I just asked him, like, I wonder what he thinks the Lion King is. And he, <laughs> it was something about the British occupation of India or South <laughs> Africa or something like that. 
It's Hamlet. What are you talking about? You are thinking too hard with this. It's just Hamlet, man. Wait. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, it brings back a lot of interesting memories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what is your number three? All right. So um, we're going to go with one of the ones. That, well, how many did you say Phil Collins won? Just one? He's won one, but he's not yeah. been nominated at least three times. So we're going with his winner. You'll be in my heart from Tarzan. A movie. I So yeah, this is the first one of my top five that I've seen. I've seen Tarzan, albeit I saw it once because this is around the time that Disney movies were just not as good. <laughs> yeah, but they were turning out these songs. Yeah. Though. Like you'll be in my heart. Um, like he had two songs from this movie that were really, really good. Um, the other, the latter, the other one was not nominated for an Oscar, but this one was in one. Um, uh, other songs nominated, uh, blame Canada. From, um, from South Park, Big Long Run Cut. Music of My Heart. Oh, the NSYNC song in Gloria Stefan. Yes, okay. written by Diane Warren, who's been nominated several times, still hasn't won yet. I think at one point she was nominated four years in a row, Travesty. five years in a row. Travesty. Five years in a row, did not win one time. Also nominated uh, Save Me from Magnolia. Okay. I never saw Magnolia. That, had, that was the ensemble movie with Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. Okay. Um... And uh, When She Loved Me from Toy Story 2, written by Randy Newman. I think it was sung by Sarah McLaughlin okay. on the soundtrack, or at least at the ceremony. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good song. Um, and uh, he wrote this by himself. Yeah. <laughs> and really, this I put this on here just because, I mean, I like the song, not the movie as much, but to show the respect to Phil Collins as a songwriter. Not saying that he doesn't get that respect, but like, I don't know. I, he ain't around as much anymore, so <laughs> you know we can't forget how like because I feel like some people to Phil Collins, all Phil Collins is is in the air tonight. You know, there's more to Phil Collins than just in the air tonight. <laughs> like playing for keeps. You know, just just I'm going deep here, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I really I like Phil Collins a lot, so I'm glad to get recognized here. And then of course, a beautiful song to go with, kind of like a you know a beautiful um, imagery from the movie. Of course, you know Tarzan being raised by apes, and they really personified the apes that raised him, and that's you know that's who will always be in their heart. Tarzan will always be in their heart if apes had you know, you know apes can't talk and stuff, but you know you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So my number three, rule number three, right? Mm-hmm. All right. My number three uh, is a song that uh, I think you considered it cheesy and he could have done better and that kind of thing. But I still like the song mainly because of like kind of like the last minute, minute and a half of the song. Oh boy. I'm curious. <laughs> um, up until that point, it's kind of, uh, but I like the end of the song. It's uh, Arthur's theme. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur's theme from the film Arthur, sung by the great, the the last radio star. Really? That's why I like to call him the, the last, last radio, radio star, star. That's good. Christopher Cross. Oh god. Yeah, I mean it's like I said, it's not bad, but he's done better. Like he's yeah. I mean the this was kind of a 1980, 81. Mm-hmm. 
Christopher Cross could have been, may have been looked at as maybe the biggest pop star in the world. This was before Thriller, so don't, mm. you know, even though we've said Ed Sheeran is not really the king of pop, he might be right now, but like not like the king of pop. Okay. But okay, you understand what we're saying. But 1980, 81, this before Michael Jackson, before MTV, Christopher Cross was it, man. Like, I feel like this could be the opening to a TV show. And that's a, not a, a sitcom or a drama? A dramedy. A dramedy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like it's a, I mean it's a beautiful song, but like I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I've not <laughs> seen Arthur either. That was about a guy who had to, um, he had to like find a wife or something to get his money or something like that. Yeah, he had to get yeah. get married to keep his inheritance, okay. and uh, uh, he meets Liza Minnelli, who's like a. Okay. I forgot what she did. I have not seen the movie. No, I just I know I have not seen the remake either. Who was in the remake? There's the remake. remake had Russell Brand. Oh, yeah. And uh, in the original, Arthur John Gilgood played uh, his butler, assistant, guardian, however you want to call it. And he won an Oscar for it. Okay. In the remake, uh, it was played by Helen Mirren, I think. I need to see this movie. Then. It always seemed interesting, the concept of it. So, Dudley Moore was like a big star in the in the late 70s with this and mm-hmm. 10 and there was um there's another movie that that he was in to where he was one of those like I think at the time there was only like one comedian mm-hmm. who could be the big star but now it's just one black comedian who could be a movie <laughs> star at the time um so yeah this was See, I'm sorry. It's kind of at his peak. The sax solo. Yeah. The lost art of the sax solo. We need more of those. I think the last one, I, I was listening to Edwin McCain the other day. Oh, um, Albie? Yeah. yeah it it's has a sax solo in it. It's not been the full one, but he does have a song on his second album, Messenger, full sax solo. It's awesome. Like, hmm. it's really good, too. It's really, yeah. And uh, I, I was looking, I was trying to figure out, like, does this song have um, Michael McDonald as a background <laughs> vocalist? It was not listed as far as the background. I feel like you'd hear him. <laughs> but it was written by Christopher Cross, Burt Bacharach, Carol Bayer Sager, and Peter Allen. Burt Bacharach. So uh, it had some heavy hitters, mm-hmm. but it was jokingly called four on a song at the Oscars because <laughs> it had four writers. But apparently, um, it doesn't matter. Uh, And this was cut for the remake. The song was covered by Fitz and the Tantrums. I want to check that out. I like Fitz and the Tantrums. Um, So, yeah. So now we are at number two. Number two. So I am ashamed to say I've not seen this movie. I've seen parts of it. Um, Lose Yourself from 8 Mile. I've seen parts of it. Um, one of the parts I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to say I've seen is the Brittany Murphy sex scene in the factory. <laughs> yeah, I just randomly saw it. Probably a Mr. Skin. I don't know. But um, I still remember when this movie came out, Eminem was, I mean, Eminem was everywhere at the time. He was huge. Yeah, um, this was this was one of those times where like you have this big star either through through MTV mm-hmm. the popularity of TRL let's put him in a movie mm-hmm. um, 
and people may have been skeptical when you hear, oh, there's an Eminem movie coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you look at Crossroads with oh. British Spears. <laughs> but I uh, have seen that. Like, <laughs> really? It was for a girl. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, if you look at On the Line, remember mm-hmm. that one? That was with um, with Lance Joey, Baz, yeah, Joey and Fatone, Joey Fatone. yeah, from NSYNC. In the mix, Usher. in the mix with Usher. <laughs> Mm. He was also in the faculty. I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> Try to make these pop stars movie stars, and oh, I think with faculty. this, um, they did it right. <laughs> I think if if it like you may have thought, hey, maybe Eminem could yeah. make a go at this acting thing. I think he's only done. I, I don't think he did a movie. He's done a movie after this. I don't even have to. Really? I mean, not playing, not playing a character. Yeah. I know there's a movie called Jumper. Uh, with Hayden Christensen, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think like Eminem was offered his role first. Yeah, he could have done it better. Um, <laughs> no, I forgot. He he makes a cameo in um, um, the movie with Seth Rogen. The interview. Yeah, he makes a, a cameo in the interview. Okay, I haven't yeah. seen the interview. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. You should check it out. Um, but I still remember like when this came out. Of course, we didn't have all the technology that we have now to where you could just find out instantly what a song is. So we had to find out other ways. I just remember like hearing it play and like everyone's like, what is this? Like especially when that, that beginning, like that was just like it was just it was you could not pop your head. That's all you could do. Like it was just really good. I didn't think it would win an Oscar, but man, it was just so good. So and then of course he makes a reference to Mackay Pfeiffer who's in the movie. <laughs> which I thought was very funny. Kind of, kind of a meta thing to do. Um, so yeah, lose yourself. Um, let me make sure I added that to the list. I think I did. No, I didn't. But I will now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's such a such a killer track. Like it was just yeah. Um, let's see, who did he beat that year? Oh, I was uh, gonna say Papa Doc, but never. You mean like, no? He, well, in the movie, that's the yes, other he part beat I've Papa. Seen. <laughs> and that's why I can't watch the whole movie because I know how it ends. Like I've seen the the last freestyle battle, so it's like all of these references he makes, I don't understand them because I'm not seeing the movie. <laughs> um, he beat Burn It Blue from Frida, written by Elliot Goldenthal and Julie Taymor. Uh, Father and Daughter from the Wild Thornberries movie, written by Paul Simon. Okay. The Hands That Built America from Gangs of New York, written by U2, which I think was like a heavy favorite because I think they won the Golden Globe that year. That and good, that's a good movie too. <laughs> and I move on from Chicago, written by John Kander and Fred Ebb. That um, one, that one picture of the year that year did in yeah. Chicago. Oh, I um, I have not seen Chicago. Oh, it's, I've seen parts of it, and it's bad. From it's, from this category uh, of these films, the, the only one I've actually seen was Eight Mile. That's okay. the only one I've seen from this group. If you get a chance, I would watch. I would watch um, Gangs of New York. Um, Daniel Day Lewis as typical good performance I, he doesn't do many movies but when he does um he gets got like his <laughs> like his bill the butcher is really good um i tried watching him and there will be blood but i think my ac was out that weekend so i couldn't finish it without being miserable um but um man i, I like Daniel Day lewis um and it seems like he really studies for his roles you played me that clip from from um lincoln where he speaks with a high voice yeah he really, even though there's, I don't know if there's any recorded, mm-hmm. uh, any audio of Lincoln speaking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think like through some research, mm-hmm. that's what he found. It seems like that. That seems like a very 
Daniel Day Lewis thing that he would do. But yeah, King's never good. I think I think there's and there's a period because he he is a method actor, mm-hmm. and um, I think there was a sketch to where uh, he was someone made a sketch to where he's playing Barack Obama in a movie. At their interviewing him, and he's and but it's actually Barack Obama talking as if he's Daniel Day Lewis. It's like, well, I really, really got into the role, and like it's Barack Obama talking as Daniel Day Lewis. So, so then, do you think funny. that's who they were parodying in um, Tropical Thunder? Robert uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Oh, it, yeah, it's a parody of Daniel Day Lewis and uh, and Robert De Niro, like all those like. All the people who do who go who are heavy, who are heavy method actors go above and beyond. <laughs> they go really far. Okay. Um, so I think everyone like we can talk about Tropic Thunder for a second. I love it's an Academy movie. Award nominated movie. Um, was it really? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated oh, for Best Supporting yes. Actor okay, for yeah. his role. Um, I think uh, yeah, his character was based off Daniel Day Lewis. Mm-hmm. Ben Stiller's character was based off of like. Um, yeah, like maybe Tom Cruise or part Tom Cruise, part Sylvester Stallone, mm. and um, Tug Speedman. <laughs> I think like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jack Black's character was based off of Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, that was and John Belushi. Yeah. Um, and Brandon T. Jackson's character was based off of uh, every rapper that thinks. Well, yeah, every rapper who thinks they can act. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What was his name? Al Capone or something like that? Al Pacino. Al Pacino. <laughs> no, Al Pacino. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So it was it was based like a just a send up of mm-hmm. making a big budget movie. movie I still liked movie. Matthew McConaughey's character, um, his agent, and then I liked the um, Tom Cruise's character as well. Both of those, like I know they were they were minor characters, but they were still funny. The fact that Matthew McConaughey ran. All the way to the island to get him his his um, to get him his TiVo. Video TiVo, and then that's what saved the day. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, I like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> um, all right, so my number two is um, Under the Sea. That's a good movie. from The Little Mermaid. Good song, good movie. Listen to me. The human world, it's a mess. Who played his voice? Samuel E. Wright. Okay, so no one I know. Okay. Um, this is kind of his defining his defining role, pretty much. Um, he's done a lot of voice acting. He was in the original Broadway production of The Lion King. Okay. Um, Under the sea. Yeah, so this was a so, library So, yeah, he's classic. mainly known for working on The Lion King and Little Mermaid. Yeah, this is a library classic for me. But I'm sure he's done more than more than that. Um, if I can pull it up, we can look at what... Uh, so, Under the Sea, uh, in the category that same year, uh, well, first, the, the music by Alan Menken, lyrics by Howard Ashman. Howard ha- Ashman, may he rest in peace. Um, the other songs in the category After All uh, from the movie Chances Are After All was sung by Cher I think um, so, uh, music and lyrics by Tom Snow and Dean Pitchard The Girl Who Used to Be Me from Shirley Valentine Marvin Hamlish again uh, Alan and Marilyn Bergman uh, I Love to See You Smile from Parenthood by Randy Newman this was in his streak of like up and it, 
he was nominated like yeah. 10, 11 times before he actually won. Hmm. So that was another one. And uh, also from The Little Mermaid, Kiss the Girl. Mm-hmm. Which was also sung by Sam Wright, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Big year for him. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, Sam Wright, he's Mark, probably known, I guess, more for Broadway. He's won a Tony. Oh, yeah? Um, okay. okay. And he's done a little bit of TV. But basically, playing Sebastian is his legacy, <laughs> you could say. Um, a, start, a quick story about this song. There was, I may have talked about this on the podcast before, but there was this like talent show or something that I did when I was uh, living in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It was broadcast on, I guess, the PBS esque station uh, there. And it was weird because, like, it's all these elementary schools and junior high schools, I think. Mm-hmm. And we're all on the stage. We're all just sitting there before we go on. So we've been sitting there the whole time. And there are people who would sing. They had dance. Um, I think when, I told, when they, there was a tap dance group who did who did a routine to Teddy's Jam Two yes, by Guy. Told me, okay, yes. I that. Okay. There was another group. They did like a double Dutch jump rope routine to Under the Sea. Interesting. And there was like, and since it was double Dutch, everyone went crazy because there was this one kid who did like a backflip oh, into God. the into into the whatever Dutch, you call it whatever. into the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> but he did like a backflip, and everyone went nuts. Um, you know, because these are all elementary school kids. You know. Hmm. Um, okay, that was the end of the song. The whole song just played. Okay, um, so yeah. Uh, they, it was to to under the sea, mm-hmm. and, I, and I said there was a there's a group who did a tap dance routine to uh, the Bartman. <laughs> um, if uh, if she still has it, I believe my mom has a videotape of that. I was gonna say I would like to see this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think it's I think she has it, or one of my sisters has it. <laughs> um, okay, so number one. Is it from the 80s? No, it is not. (laughs) It is not. As much as I love those songs from the 80s, they are just pop songs. While this is a song that will go on. (laughs) As my heart will go on. Your heart will go on? Mm. I must confess, did not like this song when I first heard it, when it first came out. I didn't like it either. And uh, I kind of still don't. Yeah. James Horner, may he rest in peace, but I still don't (laughs) like this song. For me, it's more, and and maybe this is not fair. Celine Dion's performance is what turned me around. Um, the lyrics are kind of cheesy, but her performance really brings it together. And this is kind of where I'm like, the way a song is performed and arranged can just completely change what the song is for me. And that's what Celine Dion did to this. So fair or not, who knows? Maybe if like um, Michelle Branch, you know, sung this song. It wouldn't mean as much because Michelle Branch doesn't have the vocal prowess of a Celine Dion. Um, but Celine Dion performed it, and I've never seen Titanic. I have no desire to see it. It's a three-hour snooze fest to me. I've seen the end. So <laughs> I've seen the last when the boat sinked. Spoiler alert! Mm. Um, <laughs> um, sorry if you didn't know that the boat sinks at the end of Titanic. Go back to elementary school. That's where I learned it. Um, but yeah, like that's when the song really became when I finally like sat down and really paid attention to her performance, brought the song together, made it a completely different song for me. Yeah. 
um, this was one of those songs that was, uh, you know what? I'm not going to use that word. It was just a big success. You say epic? No, no okay. I was going to use the title of the film. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was Titanic. Um, well, no, it was for me like two. This was my introduction to to Celine Dion. Mm. Like I wasn't familiar with her before then. Um, so like stupid me. Like the way that people are like, oh man, I'm really glad Kanye West gave that dude Paul McCartney a chance. Like for me, this was like the beginning of, you know, Celine Dion, not to think that she had stuff before this. She had been around before this. She was around before this. Well, this was during that time that, um, well, I told you my mom worked at a radio station, Mm -hmm. an adult contemporary station. Uh, so I was familiar with Celine Dion at Mm -hmm. the time. Uh, I just kept hearing this song like on the radio all the time. Mm. Um, hearing about the the movie Titanic seeing the video on VH1 mm. <laughs> a lot um, and it just seemed it was it was big enough to where it was just gonna win everything uh, music by James Horner lyrics by Will Jennings mm-hmm. uh, here's the what the songs that it beat that year uh, go the distance from Hercules which was another good song um, Jeez, so many, so many good songs that don't win. <laughs> uh, it beat uh, Miss Misery, one of my honorable mentions. Mm. Uh, How do I live from Kanye, written by. <sighs> she can't catch a break. One man. year, one one year, one she year she's gonna come win. back and write and get, and just write a yeah. song and well, maybe they'll just give it to her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Journey to the Past from Anastasia, which I believe was sung by Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. She performed it that yeah. year too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but comes. yeah, n- neither of those songs had any chance. They had no chance. And she just she kills it here. Like I wasn't ready. Like I used to. I I feel like in my life I've undersold Celine Dion as a singer. Like she's a she's a much better singer than I I usually give her credit for. Yeah. Well, she's one of those that she sometimes gets pegged as you know the greatest singer in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh. I guess because of her technique or range, it seems like it's nothing special. Mm-hmm. But then if you listen to it, then you're yeah. like, when you try and do it, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, she'll, she'll be known. For, this is her signature song. I think mm-hmm. to me. So that's pretty interesting. Um, my number one, uh, well, it's something we've already played. Mm-hmm. Play it again. It's a good song. <laughs> it's Lose Yourself by Eminem. So we'll play it one more time. <laughs> um, what does it mean to you, Greg? To me, it's one of those, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if there was an article or maybe I just read it on, on something to where... Uh, this song was the 2000s version of Flashdance What a Feeling interesting interesting did they say why um oh, that article was so long ago I can't remember <laughs> but, I, but I could see like the parallels to where you know um uh to where it, well I guess if you look at the movies themselves mm-hmm. you know uh, one works at a one works in a steel mill. The other one works at a uh, an auto plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they're doing something on the side, mm-hmm. and it doesn't go right the first time around. Mm-hmm. But you know they find other ways to 
they try to overcome all of that yeah. and they go through things romantically they go through other things personally mm. and then it works out in the end yeah i mean you know someone gets a spot in a dance academy and the other one wins a rap battle but everyone celebrates like they just got a record deal <laughs> but <laughs> you know um uh, I like the story behind the song as far as like uh, a recording booth was built on set because he was going to he did a few other songs for the soundtrack. Really? OK. Um, he was he wrote this as during filming mm. like the actual there's a scene where he's on a bus right and, he, and he's yeah. writing lyrics. That was actually him writing lyrics to the song. Oh, wow. OK. Um, he recorded this in one take. Jesus Christ, man! This guy's gonna. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and I mean, I'm not. It's, I'm not gonna like this. These are the. This is the hardest stuff to write, but just like Eminem, that's just that just sounds so Eminem. Like yeah. one take. <laughs> um. He uh. Man. Well, he. This was the first rap song to win. Yeah. Um. There have since been two more. What was the? I know. Hard out here for a pen. What was the other one? Uh, Glory from Selma. Oh. I, I, yeah. I forgot that one. All right. Um, it uh, he did not perform this at the ceremony. He didn't even show up because I don't think he didn't think he was going to win. Uh, because as I said, it was the heavy favorite that year was the Hands That Built America. Okay, so I think he showed up most because he didn't think he was going to win, but he did. Um, I think uh, Louis Resto showed up to the ceremony. <laughs> Uh, he was wearing like an old Grant Hill jersey oh, <laughs> and a blazer. <laughs> um, he came up, he accepted the award, and um, yeah, I, I remember being like really excited that he won because it's like uh, rap uh, uh, rap songs don't get nominated mm-hmm. in this category; they just don't. Um, and. Uh, like the another a song that I thought probably could have been nominated the year before, maybe it, it wasn't considered to be written for the soundtrack was number one by Nelly from Training Day. Yeah, I don't think that was written for that movie specifically. Um, there's no. I gotta McKay I gotta look that up now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I still wonder, and because we're on the subject of rap songs here, mm-hmm. what made them what made them a nominate and b give the award to it's hard out here for a pen like that sounds that sounds like your standard run of the mill 3-6 mafia song like it's just like there was any I didn't think there was anything special about it so when I hear it like cause I remember I hadn't seen I have not seen Hustle and Flow uh before you get there it was written for training day it was? yeah oh wow okay this wasn't nominated um and then I you know I heard that it won and I was like oh wow so this must have been like a really good Three Six Mafia song because I mean I was familiar with Three Six Mafia I'd heard what they'd done. I think that of um, of those songs from from Hustle and Flow, Whoop That Trick. <laughs> yeah, like Whoop That Trick might have been the best one, <laughs> but because it's you know it's considered kind of a it's kind of considered a musical film. Mm-hmm. Like we got to put one of these in here. Like, we can't, but, but it can't be Whoop That Trick. It can't be that. It's 
Well, how about it's harder for a pimp? It sounds like, you know, introspective and, (laughs) you know, I mean, he does play a pimp. We already nominated him for an Oscar for his performance. So we can, we can put that song in there. Have you seen Hustle and Flow? I have. Worth seeing? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you, um, I I think it's worth seeing. It's kind of hard to look past, um, I, it's kind of hard to look past like, <laughs> well, like I feel like I've heard this and I kind of see, I can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. Like Terrence Howard always looks like he's about to cry. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, so it kind of looks like that here. The whole movie. Um, like the whole movie. It looks like he's got to, he's got to start crying. Um, Especially in crash. <laughs> Just always look like he's about to cry. Um, his conk is at its conkiest. Um, but I mean, the other, like all the other performances are good. Like Anthony Anderson, he was, he was funny. DJ Qualls. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> he's in some show now. Um, I don't know. He's, is he in one of those like crime procedurals, like bones or it's, um, it's NCIS. A sh- it's a show on like Esquire. Like one of those, like one of those, like go nowhere cable channels. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, he's still around then. So that's good. Yeah. Um, Taryn Manning was pretty good. Uh, she was in that and eight mile, which is, um, I, I think that's, that's what, see, that's what we got. That's what you got to have. If you're a rap song, if you want to win an Oscar and have with the rap song, I don't know. I don't think she was in Selma, but she was at eight mile and <laughs> you got to have Taryn Manning in, oh. in your movie. She oh. was also in crossroads. So there's yeah. that connection as well. Was she in crazy, beautiful, Yes. Okay. <laughs> She's always the like drugged out looking friend. Yeah. Mm. But um uh I th- I think it's worth seeing. Okay. And he, uh Craig Brewer who I don't know if he wrote Hustle and Flow, but he did direct it. Okay. I think he wrote, yeah, he did he wrote Hustle and Flow as well. He wrote uh also um Black Snake Moan. I'm not seeing it. It was supposed to be like a trilogy of uh a trilogy of movies about music in Memphis. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be about like a music in Memphis. So the first two of the trilogy are hustle and flow and black snake moan. The, the only movie he's done since then was the remake of footloose. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, hustle and flow is worth seeing to me. Okay. Um, if you can just, yeah, yeah, well, if you can get past Terrence Howard looking like he's going to cry, then, um, then he's going, then, then you'll be okay. Um, so yeah. Okay. So that's our, that's our because five best original songs. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll, uh, make a post with our selections. Um, well, I'll put it on Instagram. And then you'll have to listen if you're just looking at our website. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that fair? I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So we'll get to my earworm of the week. It's hard I hear for a bunch No. <laughs> Which is not on Spotify. Uh, I have a list of the other, of all the songs that have won the award, separate from our Because 5 list. Um, it's hard I hear for a pimp. The soundtrack is not available on Spotify. So all we had was a karaoke version. 
who's the, I just want to know who's doing that for karaoke. Uh, it's by Starlight Karaoke. That's uh, they made it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. But my earworm of the week will go to the good old We Lit playlist, <laughs> and it's from uh, it's by it's by uh, it's from Jadena and uh, his album The Chief. Which was deliberately an homage to Boz Gags, it was? the album cover. Yes, it's nice. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that was deliberate, and it's a song. I, I saw the video, and it's just funny because it's about like going to, you're going to the club, but you're not going in. Mm-hmm. You're just staying outside, but you, but you're, the point is to get there right before the club closes and everybody's coming outside. So it's a little bit like perpetrating oh God. some parking lot pimping. Can't get in. Because uh, you have no money. You even pulled up in a Honda Civic. But if you just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't even get in. Because <laughs> that's how it is in the video. Like he's at a friend's house. They're all eating. But then they all go out. It was mm-hmm. like six of them got to do a Honda Civic. Oh they drove to the club as everybody's coming out. And then that's then they have their party out there in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's uh, I like the song. It's it's fun. And uh, it's on the the infamous We Lit playlist, which still no one follows. I don't know why, but I don't see it when I go into your playlists. I've never seen it. Let me make sure it's 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 public. Because I follow several of your playlists, and I don't see this one. Oh, it wasn't public. Ah, uh, and now it is. So no excuses, people. We lit. <laughs> no more excuses. So this is. Um, let me go back. This is The Let Out by Jadena. And this is a remix featuring Quavo. Hmm. And uh, we'll be right back. I'ma pull up at the let out of some spectacle. Heard the shit was jumping like the water bought in Mexico. This the only time we on time and on schedule. Collars on the shirt, niggas trying to live respectable. Then I spot her with the fur and ice like an Eskimo. Stretching out my cash, so I'm hoping that she flexible. Shouty swinging purses and niggas swinging testicles. Eating fast food, but we smoking on the vegetable. She looking, man, she looking, man. Go hook a man, go hook a man. And the lame tryna holler, he a bond wanna be. He a Roger Moore nigga, I'm a Sean Connery. I know. Now you looking at a man that's on a mission. Blindsided, cause your man don't got no vision. Enemies tryna pack us in the prison. Or we gon' pack up in that old Honda Civic. Yeah, yeah, I'm hunting or pray. Yeah, yeah, why they looking at the all right that is the let out by jadena featuring quavo 
Now, if you just pull up to the club, you don't go in, but you're able to take somebody's girl. It wasn't really that, your girl, man. That, it well, if your girl gets taken, she wasn't your girl in the first place. Yeah. But if you take the girl, that is you you have a you have a special set of skills, mm-hmm. a particular set of skills right there. <laughs> so yeah, check that out. That's been added to our B T T Y H T earworms playlist. Yeah, available on Spotify right now mm-hmm. as you are listening. Um, so that's gonna do it for our show, man. Uh, this was fun, mm-hmm. and it's our first because five of the year. Ooh. <laughs> um, and uh, there were no, um, I guess no surprises. You know, we we had our cards right. We had mm-hmm. the right thing printed on them. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any unnecessary <laughs> copies. I love the memes I've seen of it. <laughs> I love them. Um, so yeah. Uh, congratulations to uh, this year's winner of the Academy Award for Best Original Song, um, Justin Hurwitz and Pasek and Paul, which is Binge Pasek and Justin Paul. They're a songwriting team. Um, they wrote for NBC's Smash and they've also written for uh, Dear Evan Hansen, which I hear a lot about, and James and the Giant Peach. Okay. Um. So yeah, that'll do it for our show. Uh, ben, why don't you tell the people where they can find us? Since we do want to be, we want this to be found. Uh, as always, so you can find us in the traps going down. <laughs> but you all find also find us on the all new, all brand new. Um, I guess it's still brand new. It's only been around for a few weeks. By the time you hear this, dot com. Um, you'll have, uh, show notes, links to articles posted. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. If I might add also, you can find us on Facebook at, uh, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spelled the right way. Y O U. Um, if you find us on Instagram, it will be at, by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Although do we really need to fear him anymore? I mean, he's been seen. Well, never mind. That's getting off top of that. Uh, you can find us, <laughs> you can find us on iTunes on Google play, Social podcast. We're just trying to avoid the illegal leaks. Gotcha. Like they're illegal ones, but anyway. <laughs> Castbox. Um, you can find us on TuneIn Radio. You can find us on Podomatic. Um, did I miss? It? I know I got all the major ones. Is there another one? I said Satchel, Pod, Podomatic, Castbox, TuneIn, Google iTunes. Play, iTunes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's how. That's how live we are right now, people. Yeah. That's how all over this we are. That's what I'm saying. There are no excuses. Like you we're can't in so many us. places. We have to think about where we are. <laughs> we have to think about it. So yes, um, find us no matter what platform you have, Apple, Android, Windows, you can, you can find us. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the Instagram. Yes. And the email. Because we're upstanding. Yes. By yes. the time you hear this at gmail.com with the U because we're upstanding. The, the inbox is still empty guys. We, this is episode 29 and uh, we, we know there are fans out there. You don't have to listen to us uh, in secret. Um, you don't have to be ashamed. You know what? Don't tell them that um, it's empty because they don't want to be the first. We got ten, we got tons of emails. We got like 30. So you're not oh, the first. Look, look, 30 emails just came in just uh, now. Yeah. You know, so. So now you can email us. Now you don't have to worry about like, oh, I don't want to be the first. Yeah. Go ahead and email us. Let us know. 
maybe we'll just, we'll just, if you, whatever it is, then we'll just, um, you know, we'll mm-hmm. just say we have an email, but we won't mention your name. So yeah. you don't have to deal with the shame mm-hmm. of being mentioned on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's easy to find us. Talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and, uh, I guess you'll find out soon what our next episode will be. I'm not, I don't know. We haven't determined anything just yeah, yet, we'll, we'll figure but it we'll out. figure something out. But as we always do, we'll end the, end the show with uh, a song that was related to the topic. We started off with city of stars. Um, what's one that we could start with? I mean, end it with, mm-hmm. I'm looking for something kind of up tempo. Um, something like, um, maybe this one or, um, or, What's the other one or this one here? Hmm. Do you see what I'm indicating? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that one. Yeah. With this one. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, this will be the end of the show. We're going to play a song to end it. And, uh, hopefully by the time you hear this podcast, you will remember our name. <laughs>